of Lead Rugby Banter. It's a rugby podcast about banter about rugby. Uh, and for the rugby banter today, at a lead level, we have Ben. Ben, hello. Hello, Alex. How are you? I'm very well, thanks. Are you are you still good? Your son's still alive? Yeah, no, no, he's good. He um, he drank salt water today, so that okay. far from ideal, but okay. Yeah, but apart from that, he's good. Okay. Well, was he swimming? In no, he, he was it in a glass. No, he that you gave was, to him. No, the, <laughs> it was in a bottle that I prepared. Uh, no, it was. Uh, this sounds like bad like, parenting. No, he was like he was in like a little sort of a, a puddle of seawater on the beach. You can't you can't oh. swim. You can't even walk. And he was just sort of crawling around and that's splashing. And then next thing we know, he just goes down like a bloody gazelle at waterhole and just like takes like a gulp. And we're like, what the fuck are you doing? We didn't even know he had this like skill. And next thing you know, yeah, the kid's drinking seawater, he's crying, there's bloody sand in his nose. It was a bit of a shit show already. Uh, I'm sure you yeah, um, took it like a man. Yeah, yeah, we, we, we came through it. Uh, I know, I let Joe deal with it. I just wandered off to go get his water bottle of clean water to kind of flash flash his system. But he's recovered and he's currently being um, put to sleep by my wife. Well, I'm glad um, little baby James survived what sounds like his own personal typhoon hajibus. Um, Speaking of hajibus, we also have Phil. (laughs) Hi, Phil. Um, Am I being compared to a typhoon? Yes, you are a force of nature. Welcome onto the pod. How are you doing? Thank you for having me. I'm good, thank you. I'm still feeling pretty excited from the match we saw earlier, which yes. we'll get into later. Yes, thank you uh, for spoiling what's coming up on this episode. But um, <laughs> yeah. Phil is joining us today because <laughs> he is leaving to Japan uh, in about 72 hours. Phil, is that right? I'm leaving on Wednesday off Wednesday lunchtime. So yeah. yeah, okay, it's just soon. less than 72 it's hours. Close. Fantastic. Phil's heading yeah. off to Japan. He's going to be our uh, foreign correspondent on the ground. Um, so he's going to take us through his um, trip at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. Uh, and then for the rest of the World Cup, we're going to have a segment called Fill Us In with Phil. And um, yeah. hopefully we'll get some good content. We haven't actually figured out the logistics for that, but we will we'll sort something out. Uh, Adam's Adam's yes, amazing with this kind of thing. So I'm sure Adam's got something planned. <laughs> Adam is an editing wizard who never throws up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, speaking of speaking of Adam, he the reason he isn't here and you're dealing with my shit, shit show of a pod uh, captaincy is because, I don't know, what happened? He, he had a glass of wine like two nights ago and he hasn't recovered. Is that the story? Yeah, like, like just everyone listening, Adam messages us on the group at nine in the morning. We, this pod is happening at five in the evening. Yeah. Sorry, guys, I'm too hungover. I can't do the pod. Yeah. And we were like, fuck, Adam, at least let, like, let, like, it settle. Yeah. And now we're like, Adam, are you coming or not? He's like, no, I threw up 10 minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know. Like, <laughs> Adam, you're over 30 years old. You, you, know, you, you, need to, you need to get your house in order, man. Like, you can't be, you can't be drinking to, to this level like I don't know, have some water have a pizza or something like flush man yeah uh, I think he just really didn't want to talk to you guys no I think he yeah, <laughs> yeah he... I, don't, I don't blame him I, I, I can barely deal with the sound of my own voice either but uh, still to, like to he's honest, a professional yeah I wish I wish I'd thought of this um, because it's, it's a good <laughs> excuse but uh, yeah um, you know I'm just going to put it out there Adam this is why you you don't win the draft 
you know, if this Whoa. is, if this yeah, is the kind of resilience that you've got, you just don't have what it takes to go the full season. Um, so there you go. Not, not here to defend himself. But, um, but are you implying he's that not he's not going to listen well. to the pod, so he's, he's not going to hear us coming down hard at him either. No, exactly. <laughs> what is that for? I, was, I said, are you implying that he starts well? Uh, he does actually draft relatively fine after the, no, thir- after li- the third literally, round. Literally, literally. After the third round, Ben. Yeah, uh, okay, okay. I, I was about I to would say, say that Adam, Adam, Adam's... Yeah, it's not a great first round. Well, no, first round pick. No, Jordan, Jordan Ulysses and Dane <laughs> Coles, his two yeah. last, two does. first round draft picks, has play, have played about four it games takes, between them. It takes him a couple of rounds to get warmed up, and then he hits a stride in the third round. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, yeah, once everyone's all the got good their, players are gone. Uh, everyone's got their speciality, and Adam's a specialist mid mid round drafter. That's that's what it is. <laughs> Um, I cool. think he's still stuck in the mode where he thinks that hookers are the best scoring players. That was like three seasons ago or something. <laughs> Not even. I think it was like four seasons ago. It was like a long time ago. <laughs> but it was also like when all the hookers were playing flank. You had guys like yeah. um, like Dion Ferry playing flank and that kind of thing. Um, okay. Before we get going to the news, uh, all right, let me just run you guys through the running order. So first of all, I've got an announcement, which I need to make on someone's behalf. Second of all, we have some news, which we'll be going through very briefly. Then the games. We are going to be discussing the three games that were cancelled. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, France, England, Namibia, Canada, RIP, uh, Italy versus New Zealand. And then getting to the games that did actually end up getting played. Australia, Georgia on Friday. Ireland, Samoa, which was yesterday. And then USA, Tonga, Wales, uh, Uruguay, and Japan, Scotland. Those all took place today. Finally, we'll be, uh, we won't be doing the previews for the quarterfinals. So if that's what you're here for, then too bad. Uh, you can tune in on Wednesday, <laughs> or rather Thursday, for Wednesday night's episode. And that's when we'll be doing the, the quarterfinal previews. Hopefully at that point, we'll have a better indication of team sheets. But yeah, we're not going to muddy the waters today a full week in advance by speculating. Uh, so instead, we'll just have fill us in with Phil. And then that'll be it. And then everyone can get back to their, their normal lives. So, uh, good. The announcement I have to make. Um, we have a friend of the pod. He was on a couple of weeks ago. You may remember him, Chris. He is in Japan for the quarterfinals. But he, as an Irish uh, as an Irish supporter, and full of hope and optimism, went off and got a ticket <laughs> to the anticipated Ireland Springboks quarterfinal. Which, of course, um, again, spoiler alert, following today's result is actually a Japanese Springboks quarterfinal. So he you know, he's, he likes rugby, but he doesn't like it that much. So he'd rather go to Ireland, New Zealand than Japan, South Africa, <clears throat> which is understandable, I think, under the circumstances. So if anyone's listening has, or knows anyone who has, a ticket to Ireland, New Zealand, but would prefer to attend Japan, South Africa, you can hit us up on Twitter, you can hit us up in the comments section, wherever you're listening... Uh, or just come onto the Facebook group and chat out a message to Chris Lee, and we are yeah trying to get the guy a ticket to go watch his team hopefully beat the All Blacks and kick them out of the competition. Okay, so with that done and dusted, the news for the week, guys. We're going back to Monday where we had the shocking news uh, that no one saw coming, which is that Newland Stadium in Cape Town is in danger of being demolished, as the union apparently struggles with financial woes. What? Where, where? I, yeah, it's funny. Where, where? Bankruptcy is one of those things. Like you, you don't see it coming, and then all of a sudden it's, it just hits you. It sneaks, it sneaks up on you. I fucked yeah. like a thief in the night. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like, sure. it's like uh, what do they say? It's like a, what is it? Like a frog in boiling water. Like it happens slowly and then suddenly. 
Um, yeah, you don't see it coming. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, right. we're all shocked um, by the news, but apparently they're in debt and they need to sell real estate to recover. Um, I think most people pretty much expected this in 2016. So they've done well to hold, hold on for long, as long as they have. Um, but anyway, nothing's nothing's clear yet. So as far as we know, 2020 Super Rugby is still going to be played at Newlands. Um, so, yep. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. apparently we, we, we got the price, which was 110 million rand. And that sounds quite low, right? It does sound for pretty low. Uh, <laughs> like premium price, <laughs> Newlands. You can buy you can buy beers in Mauritius for that price. So like, yeah. like just 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 to just to put it in perspective, like Newlands is in a very good area. Yeah, yeah. And apparently one of the one of the sort of the strengths of Newlands as a property investment is that it's zoned up to about thirty stories. Yes. So you can build pretty much you can build like flats on it, yeah, which I think is your, your most your most sort of lucrative per square meter real estate kind of investment. So to me, but there there does seem to be a bit of, they're getting like 2% of the, the revenue from the, not the revenue, the profit from the project. If, you know, so there is a bit of a, yeah, so so uh, you the, know, an uncertain income as well, but it yeah. doesn't seem like that much. So it's an unconfirmed report, but it does say that the union will be paid 110 million rand uh, up front, mm-hmm. which is just enough to settle the major debt. So rem, uh, whoever is offering the deal pretty much twisted their arm and was like, you know, you can take it or leave it. So they're ripping them off, but giving them exactly what they need to, to clear the books. And then, like you said, Ben, in, in addition to that, they get... Uh, uh, sorry, in addition to the payment, which would be treated as a loan pending the outcome of the rezoning application. So if the rezoning falls through, then they have to pay the money back anyway. Uh, but the union will also get 5% share in profits from the development and 3.5% of the resales. So, so that's not... Uh, that, that's it's, still, it's still on the low side. It's like they're on their knees, I think. Um, yeah. And it says also that no funds are expected from any of these sources for six years, because that's approximately how long it's going to take for all the paperwork to be done and for them to get planning approval and whatnot. So it's so they're being taken advantage of, right? It sounds time. like yeah, they're, yeah, well, they're, 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 they're in all fairness, they they've put themselves in a position to get fucked over. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I've got very little sympathy for them. Um, I also, deep down inside, would prefer. You know, as someone who works uh, in the public sector and I'm aware of the housing crisis in Cape Town, we definitely need flats more than we need a, a rugby stadium. So, yeah, overall, probably a positive development for the city as a whole. Anyway, uh, moving on and to less positive things, there is rumour of a French revolution at the Rugby World Cup. Apparently, the oh, French... Um, another one. Yeah, again, like, just just one surprise after another. First of all, Western province going bankrupt, and then suddenly the French <laughs> are, are being disruptive. Um, yeah, it does, feel a bit like, it does feel a bit like deja vu from 2010 Football World Cup, but their players seem to be revolting against... Uh, well, first of all, they're revolting, and secondly, they're revolting against the coach, um, or the coaching staff, particularly Fabien Galti. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but he's taking over from Jacques Brunel following the World Cup. So he's the next man in, and the <laughs> senior players are already kicking up a bit of a fuss, which is not a good uh, sign. Uh, apparently, the rift has been led by Guillaume Garado, 
who's their captain and usually their starting hooker, but it seems like part of the frustration might be stemming from the fact that he actually hasn't played that much at the World Cup with uh, Camille Schutt or Schutt normally starting for them. You, so you mean you mean the, the that guy who's attached to Camille Schutt's neck? Yeah, the walking, <laughs> the walking neck has been playing hooker for them. <laughs> and uh, their huh. captain, Corrado, has barely played any, any rugby. I mean, look, I think probably... I don't, I don't know if France put out a team for this weekend or if they just didn't bother, but... My feeling I think is they did, that, yeah. My feeling is Corrado... Did they... Oh, let me quickly look it up. Um, my feeling is that Corrado would have been starting um, in the game against England because that was kind of like... It's an important game for them but not so important that they... I don't know. need to play the walking neck. But I'm not going to... I'm not going to dig any deeper for this. Anyway. So, Yeah. Not all is well in the French camp, and of course, as anyone who knows anything about the French and their sport knows, this makes them even more dangerous than ever before. Um, just when you think that they are completely hopeless and uh, in a mess is exactly when they're going to strike. So I feel a little bit sorry for uh, Wales, who will will be facing them in the quarterfinals. Sure, and, and Wales were fucking bang average today, so... Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Um, Alright, yeah. moving onwards, unless you guys have anything to say about the French, I can't imagine you care. Um, can, can I can I just have a little, like, um, so obviously in Mauritius there is a bit of a, well, quite a strong French culture. Yes. So one of one of Joe's cousins, like our, our friends, he's, he's French, yeah. like properly French, and he's got four little girls, and um, Something happened, I don't know, like the oldest one like barricaded herself in a room or I don't, I don't know, you know, like children. Okay. And then um, the other three came and they like did like a little protest. They were like <laughs> marching and like chanting something and they marched around the table <laughs> okay. a few times until they dead. And honestly, you could see him like tearing up. He was like so proud of his kids for having like their own little, little, their own little revolution. revolution yeah. <laughs> So it's trained yeah. from a young age, is yeah. that what you're saying? Yeah, so, <laughs> so, so I don't know. I'm not surprised. I think it's only a matter of... Uh, they have likes. Something also I want to mention is they did say that the the coach of Toulon sort of encourages this somehow? Yes, yeah, that's true. So in the, in the article, um, the Toulon owner, Murad Bujalal, uh, whose surname I probably just butchered, He's got a long history of just stirring he, shit. Like he, he, he deserves it, Alex. I know yeah. you can say it properly, but just say it <laughs> yeah. wrong and My friend's pronunciation so, is flawless. But, um, so he's not even a coach. He's just the owner. He's yeah, the owner, he just yeah. likes he's, to cause he's just like trouble. A play, he's like a playboy. Like He just buys players whenever he wants and then treats them like shit and then talks shit about them to the media. Like He's actually a real piece of work. Um, and he's not just like completely uninvited. He's voiced his opinion on the whole thing by... Uh, rather than like saying, oh, you know, the players should like kind of listen to their coaches, he's gone the other way and been like, yes, he, he, what is his quote? <laughs> uh, take control, guys. Take the power. <laughs> he might as well be like, storm the Bastille. Um, yeah, because, revolution. Yeah, <laughs> because there are coaches all over the place. Our team spirit is almost non-existent. Yeah, I, f- I wonder fucking why. Um, but it, I mean, have you seen the box when France are playing? Like, they have 10 coaches in their box. It's ridiculous. Yeah, they do have like a massive coaching staff. It's <laughs> It was funny, they were playing against, um, who were they playing against? I think it was, they might have been Tonga. And they looked like Tonga just had like one or two guys. And they were like sharing a laptop. And they almost won. Um, 
it was great. <laughs> I, I love watching like the big teams take on the little teams, and they they cut from the coaching box to coaching box, and like Namibia's literally just got Phil Davies sitting there. Like I don't even know if he's got a laptop. He just like sits there, like sort of taking taking notes <laughs> on a on like a, he, yeah, he, like, go, he goes to he goes to the other team's coaching box before and asks <laughs> to borrow a pen. Yeah, <laughs> you guys have some A4 just paper I can borrow. Paper, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and l- l- little does he know, like he's come away with this world with this world cup with three pens. He's like, ah, <laughs> yeah. I've taken them to the cleaners. Success. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. Like he, he probably goes to the to the other team's box and he's like, "Oh, do you guys have an A4 piece of paper I can borrow?" And they're like, "Yeah, okay, sure." So they give him an A4, and he goes back and does that pencil trick where you like scratch the pencil over the whole page, and then you can see like their entire <laughs> tactics for the match. <laughs> that's why the movie gets better and better as the game goes on. <laughs> as he reveals more. Yeah. Exactly. But he missed a chance to get a pen from the Canadian guy, so maybe it's not a success. <laughs> sure, they're, they're oh, no. meet up in, in an alleyway and like do a pen exchange. Like, like the players do after a game when they switch jerseys and the coaches meet up, meet up and switch pens. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, the French are revolting, um, particularly Murad Bujalal. There you go. And uh, yeah, no news there. Uh, also, no news. Uh, the Bulls are getting richer, and this is by way of a Remgro, a possible Remgro injection. Remgro already own. I had it here somewhere. So Remgro already own 50% of the Blue Bulls company, and they are now um, joining forces. So Johan Rupert, who is the the Remgro owner, and mining magnate Patrice Motsepe are joining forces to make a joint offer to gain a majority share in, Bull, in the Blue Bulls. Um, so Rupert would have a would his his share would go down from 50% to 37.45, but Patrice Motsepe's would gain 37.45 so between the two of them they'd have 65 uh, 75% shareholding um, yeah. so they'd, ha- they'd have the majority share but neither one of them would have a majority shareholding so it's just quite a good situation you don't really want any one company or person to be pulling all the strings and it also suggests quite a big financial injection into the club um, and of course as we all know the Blue Bulls struggle to sign up youth players so this could be exactly what they needed um, <laughs> to finally be able to afford yeah. some new players I mean they just have to rely on their local uh, pipeline, right? Producing gems like Skull yeah, yeah. and Dwayne Vermeulen. So it's a good thing that they finally got some financial investment. Um, yeah, so let's see. Have to wait and see how that plays out. But um, yeah, I guess we do complain about not enough money in rugby in South Africa. So this hopefully is a sign of good things to come. Um, a blast from the past. Rusty Erasmus announced this week, or indicated rather this week that in the event of an injury to one of the three scrum halves currently with the Springboks, he would be calling up Ruan Pinar to join the squad, um, if available. I see Ruan Pinar would be available. Ruan Pinar has been on fire for the for the cheaters. We can talk about that in a second. Um, he's obviously no stranger to the box setup. He's been to World Cups before. But, you know, a bit of a love-hate kind of thing, I think, with, with South African supporters and the Springbok jersey. He's kind of a bit like, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think, maybe a bit like Pat Lambie even, where you feel like his best, he didn't play his best rugby for the Springboks. Like he, and he, he kind of left the Sharks under a bit of a cloud with everyone being like, oh, you know, he's washed up. Um, or he just, you know, he wasn't wanted anymore. He wasn't going to play for the Springboks anymore. And he went off to Ulster and just became a cult hero. Like he, was so embraced by Ulster and did so much good good for them in his time there um, and developed into a real local champion. 
and suddenly South Africans were kind of scratching their heads and saying, geez, maybe we we missed a bit of a trick here. And all the Irishmen were saying, how did you guys let him go? So could be a bit of a fairy tale ending to his career. Um, he's done extremely well for the Cheetahs since joining them. But who knows? Maybe he'll he'll end the season in a green and gold jersey. What do you guys think? Is that is that a good move, or do you think he's a bit past? Yeah, well, it'll be a hell of a a hell of a um, fucking redemption or whatever. Yeah. Also, yeah. I want to say that I'm pretty sure Rassi has someone in our WhatsApp group because we have been saying <laughs> this for the yeah. past yeah. month. We, we said it during um, the carry so, Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but 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 yeah. To to be honest, I I don't I wouldn't mind it really like i think he's the kind of guy you would want kind of closing out uh yeah closing it's, out the uh... there's like a bit of a different criteria for for calling in a replacement at this point in the competition because you know let's say for example herschel yanchis hadn't made the original squad and was was you know um being used as a medical joker in the pro 14 for example and playing really good rugby he might be on better form than ron pino but you don't want to take like a 21 year old who's never really played international rugby or played in a tournament and then suddenly be like oh you know here's a ticket catch a flight in 48 hours you're playing against new zealand in a grand final you want yeah. someone who's been around the block but even if they aren't necessarily the best player or the most talented um and that's not to say that ron pinar isn't because he certainly showed himself to be up there at, at the moment but most importantly like how many times has he been in that situation in a final in a, in a knockout game for ulster or you know uh, for a championship or something like that, he's been there so many times. Like he's the kind of guy who can just take it in his stride. So he's a bit like the the Stephen Donald of. I think with the Springboks. with Pinar, like a lot of South African fans have sort of the bad memories of when he was for a while first choice scrum off, and he was like synonymous with just slowing the ball down so much and yeah. like doing a thousand box kicks and yeah. just sort of not really ever being positive. So. I think a lot of people will still have something to say in terms of a negative light for him coming in. Yeah. But form-wise, he's yeah he's been on top of his game despite being 35 or whatever he is. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, a lot of a lot can, would have to. Can I can I yeah say say hypothetically Reinach gets injured and yeah. Pinar yeah. comes, and then in the final, I would in a way prefer Pinar on the bench to Herschel Yankees. If it's yeah. like a tight game, and so I was, I was just thinking about that. Yeah, so I mean, it's a lot would have to go wrong for him to, to kind of, play, because it would either have to be two injuries, or it would have to be mm. one injury, and then Rusty does exactly what you're saying, Ben, where he elevates him above either Hershey Yanchis or Kubus Reinach, and I don't know, it's a tough one because, like Yanchis hasn't been playing badly, right? So it's not like Elton, for example, who has, I would say, taken a step backwards during this Rugby World Cup. Um, Ouch. Really? I think he's been yeah. alright. Elton. Alex is a hater. What? <laughs> did we not, did we not want no, to stay uh, Alex, Alex is just trying to pretend he's not a okay. Lions fan. To be fair, he was good against Canada. He was very bad against Namibia. He was good, so uh, he was, he was good in the first half against Canada. He was bad in the second half. Uh, he wasn't good. Like, think about how much momentum we lost in that game. We were going at at one point like two five points a minute for the thir- the first thirty minutes. We were forty four up and at, then, at like 30, 30 minutes, and then. But sh- but surely the red card were in the game, so we can't tell like any- we can't take anything away from the game after that. Uh, well, I think just, but just, I mean, you- 
<laughs> You'd think that would make it even more dominant for us because we had a man up. I'm like, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I don't think Elton. If 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 Fair you, enough, I, I don't know. Like, do you guys think he's he's performed to expectation? Uh, would you be happy putting him in a final against New Zealand at this point? I mean, I wouldn't no, be happy. To be honest, I wouldn't be super happy putting Pollard in a final against New Zealand at this point. But, like, but compared to how you felt about him at the beginning of the tournament, like when the squad was announced, we were all like, "Good, you know, Elton's a good backup. Like, Elton should really get more game time." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And guess, now I'm like, "Jesus, I mean, don't know if we can." Afford when the squad was announced, when the squad was announced, I was like, "Yeah, Elton, yeah, fair enough." He's taking this. Well, I think Pollard has disappointed me at the World Cup so far, so. Well, I that, don't yeah, know how what difference that makes, but change, I would have preferred Pollard just to be more solid, trying to change the and then feel a bit better about it. Classic, <laughs> Sorry. classic Lions fan. Okay, um, let's okay. move on. Um, cool, Rampino, all the best. Hope to see him in. Well, hope we don't have to see him because that would mean someone's injured. But, uh, but worst comes just to worst. saying that I think, I think they bought it up because Herschel Yankees has uh, like a thigh strain, and they're not uh, 100 percent sure if he's going to overcome it. Uh, so okay. he was the likely one to be replaced. Okay, I see. I would probably rather have Ron Pino on the bench than Quibbers Reinach. I will say that. Um, anyway. I'm not, I'm not a big Quibbers fan, but yeah, carry on. No, you know, <laughs> look, if you want someone to score you a hat-trick against one of the worst teams in the world, then definitely he's your guy. Um, oh, so don't you think scoring a hat-trick against one of the worst teams in the world should qualify you to, um, you know, take first place and just completely make a mockery <laughs> of the game plan Rassi's been putting in place for years? Personally, I think they should give him Rassi's job because he's clearly a tactical genius. Can we make him the president? Will he take it? We can try. Uh, we can try. Yeah. Um, Alright, last bit of news is Space to Brain. Space to Brain has announced that he has stepped down for the, from the position of head coach for the Lions with, I think, immediate effect. Um, so we won't be seeing yeah. him in Super Rugby next year. Uh, it's unclear exactly what the reasons are, but you know, we all know he's had some issues this year. Um, by all accounts, he's always had a bit of an anxious disposition, and despite being, a, yeah, according to everyone who's worked with him, quite a sort of mastermind, um, it seems he maybe just doesn't have the temperament to to be a head coach, um, which is perfectly understandable. I can't imagine many more stressful jobs. Um, I don't know. I just I really hope that he does like a bit of a coach Taylor from Friday Night Lights and just goes and commits to a like a high school somewhere or a university team or like a club or something just so he doesn't get lost to the sport there's got to be a job out there that balances what he can contribute and isn't that high stress that he could he would be quite happy in um well he's he's pretty good uh on the that super sport program master yeah. plan if you guys haven't watched um so I, yeah he's... i don't have dstv so i haven't watched but apparently it is quite good yeah he's yeah he's still able to do that at least yeah i mean that's yeah, like I don't, I don't think he's gonna like be like destitute now, or whatever. But it is a, yeah. it is a pity. Yeah. Like, I guess he could take more of like an advisory role, kind of like what it looked like he was doing for the Springboks for a while. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's been coaching since like mid '90s or something, and yeah. he's done you know SA under 21s academy, mostly academy stuff. So maybe he's more comfortable at that sort of youth level. Yeah, I mean. Can we give him the Xi'an Ru's job for the under-21s? Like, just give it, give that to him permanently. Yeah. I don't think our I'll, juniors sure. are particularly well-coached, to be honest. So. Well, yeah. Well, how, how, much, how much coaching do you get to do with the juniors, really? Uh, well, surely, you'll, know, quite it's quite important in terms of their development, like how they 
no, but I mean, you, you don't you don't get them for too long, like yeah, when you true. yeah, but you get them for like the, for the junior World Cup, right? So that's and the you, camps and, and the camps, yeah, yeah. So you get a fair amount of time. But mm, uh, so. anyway, cool. Let's move on to the matches that have taken place. The first of which would be, uh, well, let's let's chat about the cancellations. So if you if you've been living under a rock for the past week, you won't have heard that. Uh, Super Typhoon Hajibus has been terrorizing the um, the Japanese Isles. Uh, it really is a sort of elemental Godzilla of sorts. And uh, yeah, it's no laughing matter. The the severity of the storm has been emphasized through the media by not just rugby channels, but pretty much everyone you know in Japan has been saying how serious it is. And it the implication was you know public safety warnings, not to leave your houses, don't travel. And under no circumstances would you be able to, you know, take 23 guys from two different countries and pit them against against each other on a field. So there was a lot of doubt the whole of last week about which matches would actually be okay to go ahead. Um, and a lot of consternation, particularly from the uh, Scots, um, because their game was obviously a must-win. So the games that did end up getting cancelled, unfortunately, were France versus England, Namibia versus Canada, RIP, and Italy versus New Zealand. So France versus England, um, we haven't really heard anything about this. Like no one seems to care. The French obviously don't give a fuck. Why would they? <laughs> um, the English are quite happy. <laughs> they, 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 they were actually, uh, yeah, they're actually angry because they're planning to uh, boycott the game anyway. So now, yeah. they, now they, their boy, their boycott's been nullified. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> been I think I, I think they were gonna play like their reserves. Yeah, yeah in exactly. any case, so, so they were just giving be, up. They were just gonna roll over. Like they they had a chance to top the pool actually, if they beat England here, but they don't seem to care about that. So they um they they're fine with it. England's fine with it because they get to just rest everyone, and Billy Vunipolo apparently was seen in a moon boot, so he's got a bit of extra time to recover. So I guess it's kind of a win-win um, for the two teams, at least it's a lose-lose for the two teams they'll be facing in the quarterfinals, which would be uh, Wales and Australia, respectively. Then, um, certainly the game that I was most excited about, not just this weekend, but the entire tournament, is the Namibia versus Canada game, which was supposed to be this morning at, at quarter past five South African time, and I set my and alarm. You woke up for it. I set my alarm for five yeah. o'clock. Um, I went to bed early, which is why I missed all the messages that were on the group <laughs> last night when you guys got you guys found out the news that the games were cancelled, and yeah. you guys were messaging. Yeah, it was saying, about eleven. Yeah, like eleven o'clock at night, the games have been cancelled. I was sleeping peacefully, uh, dreaming of a hat trick for Johan Tromp. And then my alarm went off, and I felt like a kid on Christmas Day. And I got up, turned on my alarm, and put my glasses on, and everything. Got up and ran to the to the to the lounge, turned on the TV, and then checked my messages. And was like, "Fuck, uh, this is it was just the worst, the absolute worst feeling." So I just went back to bed, um, and slept in a little bit, and then woke up for the next game. So very depressing, because yeah, this really like this has been so hyped up. Not just for Namibia, but for Canada too. It was the one game that both teams came into this World Cup targeting for like a bit of an honor victory, and everything was like leading up to it. Their team sheets for the previous games were reflecting like, you know, strategizing around who they were going to play this time and making sure that everyone was fit. And Phil Davies, the Namibian coach, who's been in the job for six years, he was there um, the last World Cup 
and it's really this team's been like a project team for him he's built it up from nothing um and it's hardly reached towering heights but i think this world cup they've shown that they you know they're more than just the amateur or semi-pro team that used to get handed 100 points by all the top six or top eight nations whatever um not so long ago like eight years ago 12 years ago they were getting handed massive scores and now they they have the record huh they have the record yeah against uh, australia um which is you know that's something that they want to wipe off the record and the other record that they have is they um they've never they've never won a game in a world cup and this was supposed to be that game so really quite depressing um canada too uh they have won games in world cups before so it's not quite as big of a deal but they haven't won a game in a world cup since uh they beat i think tonga like eight years ago fucking like you know, like, you know, yeah, they used to be strong, ago. but they've been really bad lately. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, they were looking for like a resurgence and it just sucks. Like, you know, not, there was nothing else in it for this game. Like you, you really almost wish that World Rugby would just kind of get them in behind closed doors and be like, listen, when the storm clears up on the same weekend as like the, the semifinals, or whatever, we can just find a field for you guys to play on. And we don't even have to televise it. Like, <laughs> but like just just like release all the tension it just feels like we're so pent up we've been building up to this for so long and now it's it's all just gone um so very very frustrating for a lot of people including me um also frustrating for other people who probably are more important uh would be the italy versus new zealand game no no no, but but this this is the whole this is kind of the i think this is where a lot of people's kind of complaints with with this system came about where they're like, you know, cancel Canada and Namibia, cancel France, England because it's dead rubber. Like, yeah, you know, you have to have sort of a blanket. To to me, I was like, they announced the rules in advance. Those yeah. were the rules. Fine, whatever. Yeah. So, but you're obviously not- yeah. Maybe let's chat about that a little bit. So, the mm. rules said right up front, any matches that can't go ahead for weather reasons will be cancelled, not postponed, not rescheduled. They'll be cancelled, and both teams will get two points in the log. All the teams that are participating in the World Cup signed up for that. There was a contract that they had to sign, and this, this was one of the terms. So, you know, during the during the week, um, Scotland were kicking up a huge fuss because oh they, my they had God. huge fuss. Yeah, like cheap. Do you know, I, I've I've so like I, like I kind of I wouldn't say they were my favourite team before, but you know I'd always I'd like yeah. the Scots. They were here, so now no I fucking else. hate them. I've lost a lot of respect for them, and I mean, you know, uh, I've got a bit of perspective on it now as an Namibian whose game was cancelled, and like, obviously we couldn't make the quarterfinals, but like, I, I was just explaining, like, this feels like as big a game as a knockout for for the for the Namibians, and we just don't get to play it. So, it's similar. It's not as big a deal, you might argue, as Scotland needing to win to go through to the quarterfinals, but I feel like I I, I can empathise with the Scots. But I mean, geez, like they were threatening legal action. Like there was a formal letter, and it was like, I swear, it was so sour. You thought it was written by Andy Murray's mum, and basically saying like, <laughs> if this game doesn't go ahead, they're just going to sue the shit out of World Rugby. And maybe it was. It could have been. I don't know. There aren't that many. <laughs> there aren't that many Scottish people to go around, so it might have been her. But you know, and like, how do you? And I mean, you you know, it's a temper tantrum because they know as well as you do that they have they don't have a leg to stand on. But it's like a bullying yeah. technique. It's it's like it's the, the bully's resort, you know. Like we're gonna just make your life so difficult just because we're upset, and it's so petty and vindictive. And there was nothing that could have possibly hoped to get out of it. 
And now that the game did go ahead, they probably turned around and be like, oh, you pat themselves on the back and you know, pay the lawyers lots of money because they, they secured us the quarterfinal game, which they've went off and fucking lost anyway. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it makes it seem like... Sorry. It makes it yeah. seem like they think that World Rugby didn't want the game to go ahead. And obviously World Rugby are trying their best to make sure that it can, but yeah. they have to respect people's safety and all that. So they make, them make, they make World Rugby yeah. seem like they're favoring Japan. Yeah. But everyone wanted to see the game, not just Scotland. Yeah. No, exactly. And like, so for me, there's really favored World Rugby going in because that was that was probably the most pro- lucrative game of the World Cup so far. Yeah. Yeah, probably would have been. And if you know one thing yeah. about World Rugby is we know they like money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's yeah. for damn sure. No, so so for me there are two things. Like, so number one, a lot of people um, sitting on Twitter saying oh this is outrageous you know like even as, as recently as yesterday there was some idiot on twitter saying why don't they just move the game to hong kong um <laughs> which is I, I i cannot even begin to list the reasons why that's a stupid, hong, stupid hong, thing to say hong kong is so close yeah let's yeah, just, just go to hong kong do they, do, do they... <laughs> that's kind of is that kind of racist is that kind of it's racist, a little, it's a little racist. that's, it that's a little like racist. when yeah that's like the Americans in Africa and like, oh, do you know this guy from Kenya? Yeah, no, well, I mean, think about 2010 Football World Cup where there were terrorist attacks in, um, oh, geez, where were the terrorist attacks? Is, was it in DRC or somewhere in, like uh, Kenya and Africa? Egypt, it was in, yeah. I don't think it was Kenya. No, it was oh. somewhere like directly sort of uh, north of, of South Africa um, or sort of on the, on the west coast somewhere, I think. But... Uh, and then people suddenly started being like, "Oh God, is it, is it going to be safe to travel to South Africa during the Football World Cup? If you know, if Kenya, for example, is is having uh, issues, and you're like, geez, first of all, like, there's a there are portions of this continent that are perpetually war zones, so this isn't like a new thing that suddenly happened. <laughs> just like there are on in Europe and a lot of other continents, you know. And second of yeah. all, like, geez, just open fucking Google Maps once in your life. It's not that easy, like." Back in the day, you used to have to open it, like own a globe or an atlas, to learn about these things. You know, I can understand 30 years ago when people wouldn't understand the dimensions of Africa, but come on, just like Google Maps, it's right on your phone or on your computer. Fuck. Anyway, um, so that's the first thing, right? People are idiots thinking that a typhoon is just like hot. Oh, oh, I remember when I was at school, we used to play Malbal, fucking pouring rain. <laughs> there are literally people who've said this. Yeah, hey. exactly. Like, oh, fuck, these guys obviously never played Copper Stump in winter. Um, but, you know, so that's stupid. But, to be fair, and there's an element of devil's advocate in this, but I also kind of believe it myself, I do feel a little bit like World Rugby could have made contingency plans further in advance. So obviously not like 24 hours notice, but, I mean, we still... Yo, yo, the the thing is, they'd already already fucked up, basically. Yeah, by by putting this in the rules, they had to stick to it. Yeah, yeah. By by making this a rule, they'd already like you know they were they they're were screwed tied, already. But yeah, already. yeah. But I feel like they did it on purpose. Like they painted themselves into a corner, and then were like, ah, sorry, we can't reschedule the games. And I don't know if it's like laziness or maybe it's the money thing because you know that we as we just said they do like money. But you know I think if you if you put your mind to it, and certainly a country like Japan has the logistics and the resources and the yeah we we the willpower, we. We, we've seen that from that fucking Jersey guy appearing like at 100 <laughs> yeah. of 
Yeah, if he can do it. <laughs> yeah, if Mansan can make it from one stadium to another in short notice, then I think Japan and Scotland can too. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we, we, we saw this super typhoon coming like a week ago, and it just seems like they could have said, look, there's a stadium on the other side of the country that isn't going to be affected. And as, as late as 48 hours before the game, we can theoretically fly the teams to that stadium to play the match. And then just refund refund tickets and have it be a closed match. That just seems that seems well, like they, an they, option. They, right? they could have, they could have had basically okay. They could have worked it out. Okay, Japan is whatever two thousand kilometers long. Every stadium could have had an alternate kind of a thousand kilometers away in a way. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, but, but uh, yeah, yeah, but at, but by now it's too late. Yeah, like, no, exactly. Yeah. So anyway. And, so, look, and, it, and we know they have they have contingency plans for knockout matches because well there's more time in between but still like yeah surely they could have done something better I agree yeah well if they'd scheduled let's say they'd scheduled the whole thing to be like a few days earlier or a few days later they could have had a week and a half between the pool stages and the and the knockouts anyway and then you have that buffer where you can play games that need to be played still um but yeah, anyway, yeah. so the, the Scots were kicking up a massive fuss about it. Jeez. Um, uh, but the other pe- the other people who were upset were the Italians. Now, Italy was set to play New Zealand yesterday morning. In It was all but a dead rubber, right? So technically, there was a way in which Italy could still make it into the playoffs. But, eh. I think we all know that that wasn't really going to happen. Um, yeah, it's like it's like come on, it's, you haven't been in New Zealand in whatever it is like two hundred. But they years also or some they shit. also needed to win by like fifty points or something and score yeah. more than four tries. Yeah, it was like so. a crazy win condition. But but anyway, so that the, there was a little bit more to it, and here is where I do sympathise. So uh, Giraldini, there sort of uh, he's been captain for them, the hooker, and Sergio Parise, they're at the end of a very long of two very long and I would say pretty industrious careers for the Azure. And this was going to be their send-off. It was going to be like, you know, the big moment. Last game of the last World Cup against the best team in the world. You know, uh, citation needed. But, you know, <laughs> you know, Sergio Parise kicking the last attempted goal. You know, that kind of fun thing. And like, you know, guard of honor off the field from the All Blacks and carried on the shoulder of his, of his teammates. You know, all that nice stuff that, that I think we can all agree Sergio Parise as a player and as a servant to the, to the sport yeah, he deserves. He that, deserves yeah. that. He like he does. He really does. And like, I feel pretty sad for for Giordini and Parisa that they didn't get to have that. Mm-hmm. Um, so they were really upset. And then he made some, I would say, uh, slightly rash comments about how, oh, if this was New Zealand, it wouldn't have happened. Um, yeah, probably true. I don't know. It's 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 hard but, to say. But yeah, but if so say hypothetically, if South if South Africa had beaten New Zealand in the first game, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, know, I guess I guess it would still be the same situation actually. Yeah, that I mean, but that it would have been help. no, no, it, yeah, because both of the both teams would have been on one loss at the. Oh. It would have been similar. Yeah, like it's, it would have been similar. Um, do, do you know do you know how pissed off New Zealand would have been about that since they because you know the Cricket World Cup final they were just completely fucked over by arbitrary rules pretty much yeah yeah 
Imagine that had happened to them and they got knocked out in the, in the group stages of the Rugby World Cup as well. Yeah, well, it still might happen, right? Because the the knockout rules say in the event that a game is cancelled and can't go ahead or blah, 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 you defer to yeah. points on the log and then to points difference. Now, New Zealand have a like vastly superior points difference to anyone in the competition except for us. We're the highest on 149. They're the second highest on 135. But they've got joint, I'm looking at now, third, I think, um, points on the log. So Wales have got 19 log points. Japan have got 19 log points. But because of this draw that was enforced on them by the Typhoon, New Zealand's only got 16. And that's the same as Australia, and it's one fewer than England. So, it's also the same as Ireland. So, if they come up against... what they so They're playing Ireland next weekend. Okay, no, oh, be, and it sort be, of gets... And it gets, like, double-rained out. Yeah, so, no, they'd be fine against Ireland because they've got a better points difference. But if they... Oh, in the event of a draw? No, no, no. In the, in the event of a... Uh, if, it's, if it gets called off. So, if it gets double-rained okay. out. Yeah. But if they're playing... If they... If we... If they go against England next which is expected in the semi-finals and that match can't be played for one reason or another then they'll get knocked out because of these city rules and it'll be the cricket world cup yeah. all over again <laughs> <laughs> no no but I, I hope it happens in the final though against england somehow it, 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 it can happen in the final if, if, england, no but if if they in yeah, the final against, now. If, if they're in the final against anyone of wales um us. no not us wales or japan it can happen in the final. <laughs> well, what, what about us? Aren't we ahead of them? No, because oh, no, they then all got a head-to-head. We, we got fewer log points than them. We're only on 15. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. Um, <laughs> cool. I think we've, we've, we've dwelled on this for long enough. Uh, those are the three cancelled games. So let's move on to the games that actually did happen. Um, because I'm sure people care about those too. So first of all, Australia-Georgia, Friday morning. Mm. You guys get to watch? Yeah, I, I flicked in and out. I wasn't. I was. I, I know. I wasn't. I wasn't really that into it, to be honest. Though. Yeah. yeah, I saw a bit of the first half, but otherwise I was back to work and wasn't able to catch most of the second half. Or... Yeah. It looked like Australia were struggling there, from what I saw. It uh, seemed like they, I, in the first half, yeah. especially, they were just struggling to get going. I don't feel great about Australia being in the quarterfinals, to be honest. <laughs> um, it was a weird pool because they had. They're the only pool that had more than two people who lost three games or more. Yeah. So Fiji, Georgia, Uruguay all losing three games, which basically buoyed up Wales and Australia by a little bit more than they otherwise might have deserved. I don't know. Mm. I was really hoping that Fiji were going to put Australia to the sword. Um, and they put up a good fight, but yeah. So, so... So saying that, which third seed do you think maybe could have knocked over Australia? Like uh, Scotland, I guess? Or probably... Because it would be Scotland, Italy, Fiji, or Argentina too, Argentina, I guess, maybe? But Argentina just haven't been playing well. Like, it's... Yeah, that's true. The Argentina we know and love from from um, rugby championship, I think, would have had a chance. But this Argentina, I don't know, something's off about them. Mm. Uh, yeah, true. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's not a big deal. Australia, they're perennial contenders so I think the tournament Who, who's, their, who's, their, who's their quarter final they're playing against England. England so it's quite a classic yeah. the old 2003 final revisited 
but um, yeah. yeah. Uh, just just something on Georgia. Yeah. You know, everyone talks about oh the the Georgian scrum, the scrum. That's their thing. You know, like yeah. Which yeah, I, to be honest, I'm beginning to think at this point it's just lazy commentary. Yeah, I think so too. But, <laughs> yeah. we're we're guilty of that too, um, by the way. But yes, it is lazy. Yeah, yeah, we 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 are guilty of it. But I would <laughs> say if if as a person who didn't have this uh, bias, this you know brainwashing yeah. drilled into you, and you said and you watched Georgia, and you said what do these players, what does this country pride themselves on? Hmm. I would say tackling. Yeah. Because. They tackle like fucking demons. Yeah, eh? How many? How many did yeah. Becca Gorgadza make? It was like twenty-five or yeah, something. Yeah, he was yeah, on like twenty-four but, after sixty yeah, minutes. Their, I think. Their, their, their defense is shit. You know, they they're not organized. Well, it's not shit, but you know, like compared to say Ireland or whatever, yeah, it's yeah. not great. Me, but you, when they hit, they, they hit hard. Eh? I'm going to see who's... I was looking at the most tackle stats earlier. Oh, that's also what we're going to do. Right at the end of the episode, we'll do our pool stage 15. Sorry, I forgot about that. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I don't see... I actually don't see Gogodza on the top tackle stats. Maybe he missed a couple oh, of games. Yeah. But anyway. I'll tell you now how many he made. Yeah. Yeah, well, you can you can dig that up for us, Phil. But yeah, so Georgia, I think... Um, I would say it, it's tough. It's been such a good Rugby World Cup so far. And I, I want to say that they're the sort of find of the tournament, like the the the, the sort of best, most improved award. But, but there's, uh, a, but there's a lot of... The, the biggest, you know, to be honest, I would say the... The say the the unknown team I'd be most impressed by is Uruguay. Yeah, well that, that's, what I, was, that's what I was about to say, right? So normally I'd say Georgia <laughs> have kind of come out punching well above their weight. But in this tournament, they're not the only ones who've done that. Uruguay getting a win over Fiji is like, unbelievable. Even the Japan over Ireland yeah. result. And yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to think that the way Namibia played against both um, New Zealand and Italy was like, really, I would say, very impressive. And the other um, great performance, I think, came from Tonga against France, which is like the... Yeah, I, I just want to say Tonga, considering they lost by almost 100 points to New Zealand kind of two weeks before yeah have have really shown some great some great improvement and yeah. great fighting spirit it's really it's yeah. really really good to see it, i think um have you got that tackle stat for us well yeah so he um he made 26 tackles missed two so 93 percent tackle rate he also won five turnovers so Jeez. that is a solid defensive uh but that's that's like fucking Dusatois World Cup final levels. Like, that's insane. Yeah. Well, and their blind side flank also made twenty one. Yeah, I hope Michael Hooper and like, uh, David Pocock were watching and taking notes because that's a hell of a performance. <laughs> yeah, okay. So Pocock made five. He was the most of Australia, and he made five, which obviously goes down to position too. But yeah, it's still yeah. impressive. Good. Um, well played to Georgia. Uh, sad to see them go. They always add so much to. World Cups, um, and I just really hope that in the next, let's say, two years, we can see them getting in, involved in the Six Nations. Um, yeah, because... Alex, but I, I think I was saying to you just about Georgia, so in the last World Cup, they finished third in their group, so they didn't have to qualify, so yeah. this year they only finished fourth, because Fiji were actually fourth seeds coming yes, in, yes. so in, in, that, in that way, they've sort of gone backwards. 
Yeah, uh, maybe not performance-wise so much, but they yeah, now they're going to have to go and qualify. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough group for them, though. Yeah, for sure. Fiji as a seed below them means that that game was, you know, really a must-win, and they didn't. So. Oh, but yeah. it's fine. Yeah. I think sometimes like qualifying actually it actually helps because they they will qualify. Well, yeah, unless for sure. you know major shit goes wrong, so it mm-hmm. might be good just to get the game time, especially yeah. if they aren't involved in something like Six Nations. Yeah. But um, I I just remembered I forgot our our new campaign. Now everyone who's listening and everyone in the rugby community acknowledges Joseph Dweber is going to be the next Springbok hooker. Yeah. We, yeah. We I think agree. it's caught on. It's caught on now. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Finally, we we get. So our next um our next campaign is the British and Irish Lions are coming in 2021. Yes. And we want them to go to Namibia and play against Namibia. Yes. Please. Yeah. Thank, can, thank you. Can we can we can we commit as a draft group that if we manage to do this, we'll all go to Namibia and watch the game? Yeah, obviously. That's, you guys we can stay at Alex's house. Yeah, you guys can stay at my house. It's like twenty five thousand rand worth of flights for me to get to fucking Namibia. <laughs> How committed are no, you? Just, to this? All you gotta do is. is... Well, I was I, I was that, I was that committed to Alex's wedding. Like, exactly. I don't know yeah. Psych it up again. <laughs> but all you gotta do this time is fly to Cape Town. And then Joe and Baby James oh, can, and then, can hang out here, and then we'll drive up together. Okay, yeah, that's not bad. That's yeah, that's a lot cheaper. Yeah. yeah okay, cool. Yeah, let's go, do that. Go do some fishing on the way back. There you go. Oh, awesome. And then we'll sell, we'll sell the fish to pay for our, oh, our okay. petrol. Can we can we go to can we go to the Kadakadi and look at some black mane lions as well? Uh, that's <laughs> a bit out of the way, but we we can try. And make a holiday that's of not, it. Yeah. It's not really out of the way, is it? So it's northeast Kadakadi. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck, it's like, just, just turn right at some point. Like, it can't be that hard. <laughs> yeah, but it's not on the way between here and Vintic. That's what I'm saying. It's like the other side of Vintic. But okay, we, can, okay. we can go. I'm, I'm down for can some we, can, can we also Can we also rent a Hilux so I can pretend I'm off the cards? If you want. But, uh, I'm not sure if Ben's offending some uh, of our Yeah, that, 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 that's a risky game to play in Namibia because if you get caught impersonating an Afrikaner, I'm sure that's still technically a legal crime. Um... Legal crime? Is that a thing? Legal crime? It's a crime. It's a crime in the eyes of the law. <laughs> Illegal uh, crime, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I am um, I am actually okay, a lawyer, so. I swear. Okay, so the next game on our list, um, Oh god, I I I'm I'm a lawyer now in my new job. It's fucking horrible. People like expect so much more from you, Alex. I don't know how you do it. I just I just <laughs> I have I just let a lot of people down all the time. <laughs> god. Um Ireland Samoa yesterday morning the only game of the day yesterday with England France and New Zealand Italy being cancelled. Uh, it turned out to be a bit of a blowout, forty-seven points to five. Um, but what happened to uh, Ireland, which is pretty devastating? Uh, what did happen to Ireland? That was pretty devastating. Bandiaki got a red card, card, card uh, yes. and probably a ban for the rest of the tournament. Yeah. 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 So it, there were two pretty tough calls in that game. The first one was the yellow card to Samoa. Um, Samoan captain was shocked and appalled to find that his team had committed an act of ill-discipline, despite being the most <laughs> carded team in the tournament. Um, yeah. That luckily was just a yellow, and they didn't concede all that much while he was off the field. But then, yeah. Buddy Aki... That was the second yellow of the match, yeah, by the way. They had two separate yellows, yeah. Wasn't that the first? Uh, the hooker got a yellow in the 
Uh, Earlier in the match. Uh, okay, so I must have just that was just a build up I, of penalties here. Yeah. I just I had like one eye on the game to be honest. I, I wasn't very emotionally invested in it. Um, yeah. But yeah, look, I so Simone Captain kind of went viral because he made a bit of a quip to the referee where he was like, "Oh, you know, do we have to do we have to be on our knees to make a tackle, ref?" And the ref was like, uh, "I'm not here to, t- to teach you how to tackle, man. You just got to go lower," uh, which was the the correct response, of course. I, I don't know. Like we've we've kind of beaten this horse, horse to death already. I think. Um, can he go lower? Yes. Like, or like, you don't have to necessarily tackle lower. You just if you, if the guy's that low, don't tackle with your shoulder. There are other and ways. Don't hit his head. Yeah. You don't like, have there to are other ways head, to tackle so. a guy, but without leading with the shoulder to begin with. I mean, it doesn't even really matter how low you are. Like if the guy, if you, you know, if the guy's head is going into your belly, you're not gonna get a yellow card. Even even if he gets concussed, yeah. so I don't know. And I think the Bundy Aki one, yeah. So I guess the question is, was the tackle, was the ball carrier slipping so much that Bundy Aki was reasonably expect expecting to hit his body instead of his head? I don't know. Like I I thought it was it was a pretty fine line. Like I mm-hmm. I can understand why Irish uh, supporters might feel aggrieved. But I can also understand why the ref made the call he made. Put it that way. Yeah, I think he. I think at the time I thought it was the right call. Um, but like you say, there are some mitigating factors. I don't think that there were enough. I think that it deserved a red card, but I'm not 100 percent sure that he'll get a three-match ban. Yeah. But three-match ban is just the ban you get that's, at the World that's Cup. Get, that's yeah. every. Everything's <laughs> been a three-match ban so far. Have you, didn't you see yeah. the meme? The meme I said I was creating. No, yeah, maybe. Or was it a link? Yeah, I haven't figured out how to download it properly. <laughs> My video Alex, I, I won't lie, your, your meme game is shit hot at the moment, eh? Keep it up. Oh, thanks, man. I'm, I'm trying. I actually had a better meme idea that I couldn't produce. I didn't have the skills for it. I think, yeah, I've got better memes in my head than I can create, unfortunately. <laughs> Execution's letting you down. Yeah, big time. Yeah. I'm basically the Namibia of, of memeing. Um, but and you're the Namibia of people. <laughs> I, I am Namibia. But uh, yeah, I think I, I do think he's looking at three weeks. If they're being consistent, if um, if Reese Hodge got three weeks, exactly, he's got to get three weeks. Exactly. Like, and the, geez, yeah. Can you imagine the sour grapes for Michael Checker if he doesn't get three weeks? Uh, and and all the tier two nations too, who yeah. are like, oh my gosh, preference to Ireland. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, well, like like the Uruguay hooker, the the Uruguay sixteen got got three weeks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Dan, only because only the English guy got off, eh? He's the only guy I think. Yeah. Piers Francis. Piers Francis got off, but also the I mean they didn't get off, but the two it, uh, Italy props got three weeks each. That was a tip tackle though. So. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, like generally speaking, they're just handing out three weeks. Everybody. Yeah, three weeks seems to be your your standard ban here. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so bad luck to Bundy Aki. It is a bit of a harsh one, but yep, them's the rules. And bit of a lucky break for New Zealand because honestly, he's yeah, he's like yeah, he's, a good... he's a good player. Like he he could have been a New Zealand centre. He could have been at this World Cup for New Zealand, I reckon. Um, yeah, and you and you understand their accent and be able to decipher their calls. <laughs> 
Because he, he was pretty good. Was it for the Chiefs? I want to say the Chiefs. Yeah. I could be wrong. But, yeah. uh, That's right. Yeah. He was um, like a pretty good Super Rugby player without being like great. But I, he was I still he was a bit good, of a loss. Like, he was definitely... Yeah, yeah, he was a loss to the like Chiefs level. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah he's definitely a loss to Super Rugby level. Yeah, I'm trying to think. He... Yeah, he was part of the team that went back-to-back. Yeah, okay. Um, oh, yeah, sorry. so there you go. No small feet. Um, actually, I don't know what size his feet are. Okay, moving on to USA <laughs> versus Tonga. Um, so I was I was already in a bit of a bad mood this morning because the Namibia game being cancelled, so I didn't watch this very, very closely. Um, the final score, however, was... Got it here. Thirty-one nineteen. Thirty-one nineteen to Tonga. Uh, thank you, Phil. Um, yeah, I I was quite happy with that because at one point it looked like USA might be winning or pulling away, and um, that would have been very bad for my Super Brew. So, because I think Phil, you said you said USA, didn't you? I found this out five minutes ago. I said <laughs> USA. Um, however. I, I, I would say that I have been very disappointed in USA. I was watching this yeah. morning thinking that USA, like you said, they were they took an early lead and mm. they're just not very good, unfortunately. And it feels like they their expectations were slightly higher. They're yeah. one of the teams, I think, that have definitely performed under expectations. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, to me, USA is the kind of team that should beat Tonga because maybe they don't have the talent, but they're normally quite well coached and well organized. You know, they, they play like a first-tier team that's just yeah. not very good, basically. They play like sort of like Italy, I guess. Yeah. But, so, I... And, that, and that's a good formula for beating teams like Tonga that rely, you know, on, like, flair and power and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> right. It, but it's, it's, it's tough, though, because they actually have, on an individual level, they've got some really good players. So... Who, USA? USA. Um, I thought, uh, I thought Ruben, uh, is it Ruben? Individuals, like, <laughs> the, the hooker's good. Yeah, I so... Mean, Ruben de Haas is not Ru- going to make the Cheetah's bench. But I thought he was really good today. Okay, fair enough. Ruben de Haas. I mean, I AJ McGinty's really probably their star player, right? Yes, and he was bad today. Uh, uh, the, the, the hooker, I reckon, is the best player. Uh, he, uh, he's a try scoring for the minute. Yeah. Charles Fetter. Charles Fetter. No, but, yeah. no, I do think, I do think McGinty's probably, like, their... Yeah, player, he's the most like important player. Yeah. yeah, as a fly half, And so. okay, so obviously Captain uh, was it Blaine Scully went off injured pretty early on, and then was replaced by Mike Teo, who I was surprised to see wasn't starting originally. He then scored yeah. two tries. He scored, he scored two mm-hmm. tries in pretty they, quick succession. Their center, I think it's Lasiki. Las, mm. uh, he plays in. He plays. I think it's the Harlequins, and he's supposed to be quite good, but he was really bad today. I was yeah. disappointed in him. Um, he just looked. Yeah. I, I guess. I guess it's also at this point, these guys. You know, they they're not used to touring. This mm. is why I think um, uh, Southern Hemisphere teams traditionally do better in the Super Rugby yeah. in World Cups because Super Rugby prepares you better for being away mm. from home and stuff. Yeah. Right. Just think about it, these guys are probably. This is almost the longest they've been away from home. This is like four or yeah. five weeks now that they've. Yeah. And it's still a month if they make it to the final. Yeah. yeah. Or US, USA probably on three in the final. <laughs> yeah, they're going home. They're going home. <laughs> I, wonder, I wonder if they had, if they, if they sort of, uh, as like a token gesture, don't book yeah. their tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, a, like a psychology. Well, if, if, they, 
Yeah. Maybe they're optimistic like Chris's and just book their tickets for the supposed island yeah. quarterfinal. <laughs> remember, remember that thing? Oh God, it was a bit niche, but there was a very controversial thing because not this world, not this football World Cup, but the the previous one, Wayne Rooney's. Sorry, guys, can you hear me? Yeah, Sorry, I'm getting a... some feedback. Um, um, yeah, so um, Wayne Rooney's wife had booked a holiday, mm-hmm. but it actually started before the World Cup was finished. Yeah. <laughs> and the and the British media obviously got a hold of this and just had a complete fucking field day. And you don't forget, like this guy's, you know, this guy's a fucking like multi millionaire. Like mm-hmm. he can very easily change his holiday plans if he wants, but yeah. no. <laughs> This you, was a sign of a defeatist attitude or whatever. I suppose if you, if you like, if you were trying to hedge your bets, you could book tickets for the final, like get game tickets, and then book a plane ticket for the next day, and then that way that way you're covered either way. If you if you don't make the final, you can at least go watch it. Um, but, yeah, but like yeah. it's quite a long time. Like Japan's an expensive place. So I'm sure Phil's going to tell us and fill me in. So, um, you know, you, you don't you don't want to just be lurking around there burning through your money, do you? No, true. Yes, you can yes. go like Thailand or something, yeah. you know, because they're really close because the whole of yeah, Asia is spitting distance away, isn't it? Yeah, just yeah go, it's just, just go across the... Yeah, go to Hong Kong. Um, I'm sure that you... Maybe the final will be in Hong Kong, you never know. Yeah, might as well. In fact, they'll just, like, toss a coin on the morning and be like, oh, it's Hong Kong, guys. Everyone come, let's go. We're going to Hong Kong. Everyone jump in the car. <laughs> Um, yeah. But speaking of, speaking of Wayne, everyone to their everyone to their rickshaws. <laughs> yeah, <Jesus. laughs> oh god. Just to clear this up, uh, I've lived in Asia. I'm not being culturally insensitive. Uh, I'm aware how fast. Is. Isn't that just like a now? Ben just sounds like one of those guys who says, "Oh, I have black friends." Yeah, exactly. Huh? <laughs> no, nothing. Uh, but uh, anyway, speaking of, uh, of Wayne Rooney's wife, I don't know if you guys have been following the Twitter drama um, this week on oh, yes, football yes. Twitter. So, uh, hashtag Wagatha Christie. Yeah, hashtag Wagatha Christie. So, Colleen, is what? her name? Colleen. Colleen yeah. Rooney. It's a weird name. Anyway, Colleen Rooney. So, Ben, uh, this is the the spice on, on in WAG uh, territory at the moment. Um so the the British media have been like posting all sorts of like weird sort of salacious details about the Roonies, uh, like where they are on holiday and like you know what they're wearing, what they're doing, all that kind of usual tabloid bullshit. But so <laughs> Colleen Rooney goes out on Twitter t- this week and she's like, oh you know, so I just wanted to make an announcement. Like for the past like four years, I think it is like three or four years, she's been like she's like there's someone who's been basically snitching on them. Uh, from her private or like uh, her private Instagram oh, account, who like who like entourage or whatever. Yeah, so like she's got a private Instagram account with with just like friends and family who follow her on Instagram. And there's but a then mole. There's a mole in the friends and family group on Instagram who's been sharing photos and details to the media, like selling them <laughs> selling them out to the media. So for the last like four years, she's been systematically, like by a process of elimination removing people from her Instagram or like hiding them or blocking them temporarily or whatever to see which stories make it into the media <laughs> and which ones don't. And, oh. then, and then like planting fake stories to see like who, like if they make it through to the media. And then this week she narrowed it down to like, t- to like two people 
and then she blocked like one person it was a base like that last move in minesweeper when you're not sure which one it is and you just gotta guess and uh she blocked like one of the two people and then posted like a fake story on her instagram and then she saw it in the tabloids like the next day and she she took to twitter to like reveal all and it turns out it's jamie vardy's wife <laughs> that's awesome so but it was also like well written it was like yeah, a, was, <laughs> such a good post yeah it was like this thriller it was like reading it uh, like everyone's been calling her Wagatha Christie that's good pants I love great it bands, yeah, it's great content uh, never a dull moment in the Rooney household I'm sure okay so moving on from USA Tonga the next game today was Wales versus the Urukai um, and at half time it was 7-6 right to Wales yeah. yes I was sent to the shop mm. to, to get stuff for our bride this afternoon um, so I missed a lot of it I but also it, went to the shops was, at half time <laughs> it looks it, like it was it was it, it was like, gutsy yeah, yeah. Um, um yeah. yeah like Wales fuck I don't know what was going on with Wales like mm. they were just knock-ons forward passes like like Uruguay, you know, yeah. props to them. I've learned the hard way on this pod to talk about the negatives of the better team in yeah. a in an upset. But um, you know, remember when Matt yeah, ambushed Matt us with that one Sun Yeah, exactly. You guys, you guys go first. I want to hear your thoughts on the game. You're like, okay, well, I, I thought the, the Brumbies yeah. were really bad. Oh, so you don't think the Sun Wolves were good? <laughs> yeah, and he just went off on us. But, but, but anyway, um, yeah, I, you know, Uru- Uruguay, they, they were tenacious. They they made their tackles. And, yeah. you know, I don't think there is such a thing as an unforced error in rugby. Yeah. Like, I think almost every everything's a result of something in rugby. Um, yeah. Uh, so. Yeah, maybe. What if you, like, botch the kickoff? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm actually, sure Andre, Andre Pollard has done that a few times where he just kicks it straight out. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, Sexton <laughs> missed touch in the island game. Yet. Um, it looked like yeah. he was he was like just having like a hissy fit at one point. Like at one point, I heard him shout, "Just go back to your fucking wing" or something. <laughs> I don't know. If, awesome. I don't know. He might not have seen, he might not have been swearing, but he he was like, "Just go back to your wing," and then just like shook his head and then kicked the ball or something. I You're mean, like, geez, dude, just take it easy. You but wing should uh, probably just go back. You go back to your wing. No, no, that's that. That is kind of where they're meant to be. <laughs> More fairness. But, um, um, at Tsushima, once we get... Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, so, so, I thought... Okay, we, we've already mentioned a bit earlier how Uruguay are, are obviously the find of the tournament. Like, they came out of nowhere to beat Fiji. They put up a fight in the first half at least against Wales. Um, I can't remember what the score was with Australia. It was, only, it was only Georgia that actually kind of had Uruguay's number, to be yeah. honest. And that's pretty cool. And that was what disappointing. Expect. Yeah. yeah, but that, 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 that's a game they could have targeted. Actually, I'm sure they were targeting that game a lot but more it, than the Fiji game. But it was only like three or four days after the Fiji yeah. game. I remember. Yeah, it yeah. Typical. I think it's such an emotional sort yeah. of. Yeah, but in, anyway, um, Uruguay. Mm-hmm. You know, huge. Before we get onto Wales' frailties, which you know, obviously, I could talk about for years. <laughs> um, you know, m- massive, massive props to Uruguay. They came here as a pretty unknown team like I know they like know now they sort of profession Ben Schnook 
you, you, I think we you're cutting out a little bit because of immoral and stuff like that. But yeah. and um, yeah, do you know what? They look really good. Not just you know, sometimes with teams like that, you know, you expect like individual and flair and stuff like like that. It's not like that. They, they were they were well drilled. They were doing stuff properly. They were yeah. know, like oh, their scrum wasn't in, embarrassing. Like yeah, you know. So yeah, uh, good on Uruguay. I think. I think we all we all agree they were the sort of the breakthrough team of the tournament, the final of the tournament. I, yeah, yeah. I hope World Rugby takes this and supports these teams like this. Mm. You know, supports all the all the kind of second tier teams, not just America. Yeah. Oh, uh, not sorry, the USA. <laughs> I don't want to fall into that geographical <laughs> trap. Um, but yeah, Wales, Wales, Wales weren't great, but you know, like eventually, you know, if you have enough possession and enough ball and you kind of making meters every tackle. It's finally going to add up. But no, yeah. it wasn't a convincing performance by Wales. And if they play like that against a proper team, they are going to get dicked on. Yep. Yeah. Very true. Um, I mean, it, w- it wasn't their first choice team, but they still had, you know, guys like uh, Hadley Parks and Josh Adams who might. Yeah, I'm sorry, play. it wasn't their first choice teams, but those guys probably between them have, you know, uh, 1,000 odd uh, professional rugby caps. Yeah, for sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm not trying to defend Wales, man. <laughs> Calm down. Jeez, um, fucking friend but, uh, of Wales. Yeah, he used to be like a big thing, right? And yeah. he's not. I don't think he's first choice anymore. So not even close. He's just pulling down. He's half penny. Half penny. Yeah, he, he was uh, never a big thing though. For... <laughs> he, was, he was pretty big. Only <laughs> So. No, I'm not. I was talking about size. I was size shaming him, Alex. You uh, know, like you do. Don't size shame people, Ben. God, what's wrong with you? You're like the worst kind of human being. Uh, yeah, anyway, uh, but yeah, shout, shout out to to Santiago Arata, the scrum off. Um, I yeah. actually didn't see you got man of the match today, but he's he must have been a contender. He was really good. Um, oh, the Houston Sabercats. Yeah, uh, representing place. Houston Sabercats. Um, I don't know if you guys saw his one uh, box kick. He box kicked yeah. from inside the 22, and he found touch on the USA 22. Like it was. Yeah, and um, they 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 great. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's a cliche. Um, maybe I'm falling into this Georgia having a powerful scrum trap again. But they are <laughs> they they kick the ball really well, Uruguay. Eh? Yeah, it's <laughs> like they're soccer players or something. It's yeah, almost like they're the the soccer players. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, other other good player from their side, obviously uh, German Kessler. Um, he of the fantastic oh. um, I, think, yeah. I don't know. I wonder if he and Goodhue meet no, up and have no, not, not just his mallet, Alex. His mallet moustache combination. Yeah, he's got the classic. Like he's man. He's <laughs> oh god. He, he just he just drips sex. Yeah, eh? What a man. German Kessler. God, what a man. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Yeah. The, the tournament is worse off without him in it. Now, so. Yeah. Maybe South Africa can somehow get him. Just you know, just to have him around the squad. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, like, <laughs> seems a pity. Maybe you could maybe you could commentate or ref or something. Uh, he could yeah, do he it could all. Take just, place. You know, just, uh, just you bite your tongue. Okay, well, his his mallet can commentate while his moustache refs. <laughs> okay, um, enough said about that. Oh, do you guys want to talk about the Welsh at all? I don't. I don't really want to talk about the Welsh. No, I think uh, the the result it ended up Wales effectively got everything they needed from that yeah. game. They were about 20, and you know, they was the, man of the match. Yeah. They were about twenty points shy of what oh, I said oh. they were going to be on Super Brews, so definitely fell short of expectations. Yeah, I, think, I, I think they hurt a lot of people's Super Brews, to be honest. Yeah. So maybe I mean, not Matt. I think he was punting for a Uruguay win. While we're on the subject, so <laughs> if we if we think Uruguay were the the 
um, most surprisingly good team of the tournament. Who do we think were the biggest disappointments so far? I'm going to say Fiji. Yeah. Either Fiji or Argentina for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we expected more from Argentina. And you have to put Scotland there somewhere too, surely. I don't think well, so. No, because but I think this this is where you expect. Scotland, do you know Scotland? I, I feel Scotland were as good as Scotland are. Yeah, I but agree, Scotland I was so bad against Ireland. Like maybe but, but they are you know bad. today they performed a bit better, but no, they were a lot better before and today even. But against Ireland, they were just absolutely shocking. Like yeah. just nowhere. I, I never but, expected anything uh, more from them personally. Maybe I'm maybe I, I think uh, to to be honest, as soon as Scotland get proportionally weaker, like the further they are from Murrayfield. So like they they're kind of all right in playing in the British Isles, mm. and then like yeah. kind of the further the further you take them from their home, the worse they get. Maybe. Yeah, I think I think my brother was saying they just don't utilize their good players. So obviously they have like Finn Russell and yeah. Hogg and a couple of other guys who are pretty good, but they just don't utilize them enough in their game plan and that sort of thing. Yeah. No, I know Hogg was getting quite a lot. To, oh, I guess we'll we'll talk about that later. Oh, talk yeah, about I'll, probably, I'll probably forget to mention. It. Let's talk about it right now, because <laughs> uh, that is the last okay. game we're going to discuss: Japan, Scotland. So tell us about Stuart Hogg. Yes. Yeah, I just, I just felt um, I thought Hogg was their game plan in the second half looked a bit like as uh, Alex, who is Phil's brother, another Alex in our lives. Um, I don't know. Do you have another brother actually, Phil? I do, but I was talking about Alex at this time. Okay. Um, well, anyway, like it did seem like they were just sort of shoveling the ball to Hog in the second half, and it did kind of work actually. So maybe Alex is on to something. Could be. Could be. Um, yeah. Yeah. But so I, it was... I thought from from a Scottish perspective. Yeah. So sorry. I sorry. Think, sorry. Uh... sorry. Let's, let's do this properly, though. This yeah. Okay. <laughs> go. Go full. Say what you're thinking. Uh, I, I I think today's performance they were okay, but they kicked way too much, and that is Finn Russell like even there was a time where it was like 76 minutes and they needed to score at least twice if not more um, yeah. and they were still kicking behind and just hoping obviously to regather which I think is way too late to do that and yeah. they kicked a lot of the ball away when they already were down to that like Japan has a good back three like you shouldn't they love it, hey? oh, no. they love other, because I think like the meta in rugby mm. at the moment is like kick in your own half, like mm. box kicks or kick for territory, and Japan are the team who just sort of take the ball and don't give it back Yo. to you, so besides from Yo, the first they, 10 they, minutes, they... like that first try today, then Scotland just got starved off the ball. Yeah, I think the sec- the first half possession set was like 75% to Japan or something. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a. Like, it's well, a obviously, it's a real obviously we have seen we have seen a trend where possession doesn't necessarily mean um, points. Yeah. But yeah. you know, like you you can't score without the ball, so. No, you can't. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Fukuoka can rip the ball from you and just run and score. But, yeah, uh, yeah, that was, oh, like, that was like Scotland's one time they had the ball as how, well. It was how a good bit is Kinky? How good is Kinky Fukuoka? Oh God, he's peaking at the perfect time. He huh? really is. It's such a dangerous just... backline, actually. Like, because Yutamura is pretty clinical when he needs to be. Um, I really like him. He's he's not perfect, but he he does like the little things well. And he's like, um, yeah. for me, he's like sort of he just as a fly half, he does all the the basic fly half things well. Yeah. No, he's he's great. And then I mean, he's a, he's a, he's the kind of player you need with a backline like they have. Yeah. Because yeah. you just need someone who kind of. Gives them ball in good positions. 
You don't. In a way, they, in a way, they would probably play better with a guy like Yutamura than a guy like Finn Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Or Pollard. Could, Sorry. Yeah. No. You know, like, no, like he would be yeah, a good definitely. flyer for a team like Fiji as well. Where it's just like you know, sometimes you just gotta let guys fly, like. Yeah, and especially with their scrum halves too, who are just very much the small, quick, get the ball out type scrum halves. Yeah. Like yeah. Uh, Tanaka and. Okay. Yeah, and then you change the break. That you you move the point, so you it doesn't like you you kind of protect your smaller forwards, because yeah. you know you instead of your because I don't know because I would say if you looked at the stats for more your department, okay. but and you I don't know if they have this data. But if you, because I would say Japan's like average ruck is probably created about 30 meters from their previous ruck, if you know what I mean. Maybe not 30, maybe yeah, like yeah. 20 meters. But it, even just say, in terms of time, like the turnover, like yeah. Yeah, but if you if you look at South Africa, I would say their next ruck or island, their next ruck is probably created like six meters from their previous ruck on average. Yeah. So it is just like a, and then that you know the kind of the the further the the smaller the distance, the more it advantages the bigger team. So they, by yeah. doing that, they almost compensate for their smaller forwards. Yeah, and but they also they just play so at such a quick tempo. And there were so many times today where if the scrum off wanted, he could have just passed it into a lazy runner. But it felt like the Scottish lazy runners were doing it like almost every single time, just because they were getting caught behind where the game was being played. And I think there was one match where someone on the group mentioned that there was a scrum off who was passing deliberately and getting those penalties. Mm-hmm. But it could have happened like at least 10 times today just because the Scottish tight forwards were just getting in the way because they were struggling to keep up with play. Uh, so, so, sorry, can I just mention, sorry, going back, uh, do you want to do a sigh like Adam would do Alex? <sighs> um, yeah, um, so does Adam just going back, uh, something, <laughs> something, uh, something that, was really, that was really cool about Tonga is they had a so they were up in the game, and then they had a penalty at was at like eighty you know like eighty one minutes so they could have just kicked it out and won the game, yeah. but instead they chose to scrum, mm-hmm. to like give uh, the give the you know give the game one more sort of uh, <laughs> one sort yeah. of one more sort or of cool roll, moment or whatever yeah, and they ended up scoring actually so mm. and they 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 took uh, they took America's bonus uh, USA's bonus <laughs> get on them yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think that's why they did it, but actually maybe, well, maybe they, there was some permutation or whatever. And they but... probably screwed all, all sorts of super brews. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that was yeah. what I needed. I think I needed them to score there to get my super brew right, so I was happy. Oh, uh, God, Alex, I'm a, I'm a bit suspicious. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if you get sent home from the Welsh camp at this point. <laughs> I just want to say, my, my super brews were all, all my picks were made before way before the tournament started. And the only time I made any changes was when I was unsure about what was going to happen with the draws, and I snuck onto my no, well, and I you, know, you can make your picks never if you just tell the team there's a scoreline you want and they do it for you. Yeah. Just, just saying. <laughs> okay. Wow, you're coming second in the ELB group too. That's pretty good. Well, yeah, at the moment. It's... The ELB is a strong group, eh? Because, you know, like if you're coming, say, say you'll be coming like 30, like top, like, 20% say of like the the bigger groups like the the South Africa supporters or whatever yeah you're yeah. only becoming like mid table in ERB like obviously yeah, like it, it, everyone in ERB plays which I think is a factor yeah because I think yeah. a lot of people sign yeah, up and yeah, don't play cu- but still a couple of guys but I mean I'm, yeah. I'm currently I mean, I'm, I'm... 4,800 in the world but I'm not even <laughs> topping our, our pool 
So this yeah, is which is some strong competition. I mean, I'm winning my work group. Uh, like, there's only like ten people in it, but I'm twentieth in the ELB group. Yeah. So like, oh, I'm close bloody, to the top. ELB <laughs> is a strong, like, it's a strong yeah. group. Like. I'm, I'm also, I'm, I'm not in a work pool, but I'm in Sarah's office's work pool, and I'm also coming number one, and she's coming, <laughs> she's coming second. <laughs> top two, wow, power yeah. couple. Exactly. Wow, well, like the, the 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 first lady of Superbrew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, cool, guys. So How Japan... did you wank your way onto that? Uh, they just invited me. I don't know. Fucking idiots. Do they know you have a rugby podcast and you're like <laughs> the main guy on a rugby Facebook group? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they... I didn't pay. They Everyone else paid for that pool. I didn't pay. So, so are you not paid? eligible for prizes? I, I assume I'm not eligible for prizes. Well, then Sarah wins, I guess, yeah. <laughs> can't, 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 you, can't, you just, can't you just go at the last uh, at the last minute and give your 10 rand in and be like, okay, where's my 500 rand or whatever? Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, just final thoughts on this game before we move on. Japan, like, their, their biggest strength seems to be their just, like, their non-stop energy like they just do not give up for 80 fucking minutes and the heat the humidity the typhoon all the other teams of this world cup seem to be they seem to have like a 50 60 minute effort in them and then yeah. 20 minutes of like sort of grinding it out some teams grind it out to begin with and finish strong most of the teams are starting strong and then grinding it out at the end japan just go 80 minutes non-stop they do not stop and if you think that the game's almost over kenki fukuoka is going to steal your ball your ball and score a try on you so you just can't ever switch off against them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Biggest weakness? I think they've peaked. I think that this was like their triumph. This was what they were aiming for. Yeah, I, I, th- I think mentally this is their World Cup. Exactly. Like they've, they've won. So, so they've succeeded like already. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So they kind of, they've done what they came here to do. And I think it's going to be a little bit easier for psychologically for the team that faces them next, which is the Springboks, who in their minds... Anything less than a semi-final is is failure, for yeah. sure. Like if if the Springboks get knocked out, I, 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 I hope I hope Rossi's drilled him to the point where winning the World Cup is the only. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I think like I feel based basically all of the top six teams in the world, anything less than winning the World Cup should be considered a, a yeah, failure for them. I think so. I mean, for me as a realistic fan, I guess we just have to do better than 2015, where we came third. So. So second is also. I would no, like I, I'm not even joking. Like I would accept second place at this World Cup. I would take that as and th- a successful campaign. But are you saying that third would be a failure? I think third would be disappointing. Yeah. I'd be disappointed if we ended up in, not like it doesn't matter if third or fourth doesn't matter. If you're not in the final, then I'll be disappointed. I mean, I would be disappointed now because it seems like it would be Wales or France in the semi, yeah, and like that seems easiest... that would be disappointing to lose. Exactly. That like would it's... be a really disappointing semi to lose. Yeah. So... But if you were up against like New Zealand or England in a semi and you lost, I don't know if yeah, it's like, that like, much. Yeah, like, yeah, now, now the way our draws shaped up, if we're not in the final, we've actually fucked up pretty yeah, much. That's for sure. um, yeah. Okay, so I have one comment I want to make on the quarterfinals before we move on. If you take the teams from the pool, the pool stages... And you rank them according to their log points and their points difference, I think it is, or their points for. They rank up 1 to 8 in the exact order that they're going to be playing in the quarterfinals. Number 1 being um, Wales. Number 8 being France. Number 2 being Japan. Number 7 being South Africa. Number 3 being, I think, England. Number 6 being Australia. Number 4 being New Zealand. Number 5 being Ireland. 
Are you saying it's a perfect system, Alex? It, it seems like it might be a perfect system. Um, <laughs> but that's including the cancer We needed the typhoon for everything to fall into yeah. place. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Super no, just, 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 some, just something on. I don't know if we, we're still going to talk about Japan a bit more. But um, Max, because Michael Leach used his post-match speech where he could have, you know, really built himself up to to sympathize with the victims of the typhoon. So, yeah, yeah Max, Max, respect for that. Eh? Mm. Is, it, is anyone else he getting like a bit of a like a bit of an Invictus feeling? Like it's a little bit like South Africa <laughs> 1995. The way. It's so, going. are you worried? Are you worried about the quarterfinal? Is that what yeah, you're saying? I'm worried. Yeah, this, they're not going to roll over. I'm, I'm not unworried. Eh? Like they've been this before. Like. Mm. I'm worried. Anyway, we, I think we'll, also we'll, like we'll you know we we be leaning a lot on we leaning yeah. a lot on this sort of this hammering we gave them a few weeks ago, but I think we all kind of know that that's pretty, that sort that's of like pre-season. Yeah. yeah, that counts. Exactly. That counts for that. Yeah. But anyway, let's let's not pop our cooks too soon. We'll talk about that on yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, that's previous stuff. Um, okay. Before we get into fill us in with Phil, do you guys want to do a quick uh, pool stage fifteen? The, the best players of the pool stages. Yeah, um, can we can we do it? But can we can we lean a bit more on the teams that are going home? Just uh, well, I don't want to gerrymander yeah, okay. it. But... Yeah, actually, um, I wouldn't. Maybe maybe on the group we can we can put out a, a, like a levers a levers XV. Yeah. So people who okay. the let's, best guys yeah, who didn't make. The... Funnily enough, but yeah. Let, 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 yeah. When I look let's at, do the proper thing. When I look at the team that I've got that I put for, that I put forward to you guys. Um, there are actually quite a few levers, but all right. So I'll, I'll just give you what I've got. Uh, number mm. one, Ellis Gengi for England. Um, I think he was really good winning the did play. It's a bit tough because they didn't get to play France, but he was one of their standout players. Uh, number two, right. Shota Horier. I have it at number two, but I would be German just, Kessler. I would be just as happy to accept German Kessler. And Bongi's been pretty good, I think, too. Bongi's okay, but I, I do I don't think he's been as good considering the quality of opposition. Like Horier And consider I'm sorry, a Bongi Bongi has no head hair or facial hair. And German <laughs> Kessler has a rocking mullet and a moustache. And Shota Horier's hair is pretty cool too. It is, yeah. So I think yeah, that, so so let's actually let's actually put this in perspective, eh? Like yeah. I think that clears it up. Yeah, what's important for a hooker, guys? Come on. Yeah. yeah. Um, G1 Ku, aka G1 Kaiju. Um, I think he was <laughs> oh, probably his, the standout prop. Uh, standout his, type. his emotion today when he went off injured was quite uh, yeah, tear jerking. We didn't mention that. I hope he's okay, but it, it looked quite serious. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think we'll see him again this World Cup, which would be really sad because he's fantastic. Uh, also representing uh, South Korea. Uh, Hopefully he's big in Korea. I'm sure he is. Um, well, number four, having like a trade war with Japan or something. <laughs> you have to ask Matt next time. So. Wake up and everyone's having a trade war with Japan. I get all my news about Korea from Matt, so like maybe he could just make it up. He could just he, say yeah, what he wants. And he's he's got to be the least reliable person to get current affairs news from. But anyway, <laughs> um, number four is Guido Petty. Guido Petty was amazing, guys. He stood up. Yeah, he stood up um, in a poor team. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I've got a. Ca- Arceus Neyman was very good as well. Eh? He's he was good when he played, but he didn't like he didn't play. Oh, he didn't play. Game. Yeah, yeah. Um, and like <clears throat> Petty was just like the guy for Argentina. He was. I think especially for me in that France game, he yeah. almost like single-handedly pulled them back into it. He's so good, guys. Yeah. Draft, draft pick, sure, draft sure. pick. Uh, uh, 
Number five. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Number five. Well, I, I just thought of Well, what do you guys guys little little testing the water with the draft team name? I petty the fool. <laughs> that's fantastic. Maybe yeah. That's that's, that's, that's genuinely good. I'm stealing it. I'm stealing it. Uh, Adam, <laughs> are, name, are, all three of, are all three teams going to be called I Petty the Fool? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. uh, number five, Leonie Nakarawa. Um, it's tough with VGS because yeah. they did have some of the worst performances in the tournament as a team, but they also had some of the best and like most... Individual performances. Yeah, the yeah. most dominant individual that's performances. So, that's so classic Fiji though. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and they always look. I'm still missing a, a, a flank. I've currently. I got... think the, the. I think either the. Oh, yeah, the sorry, actually, who's your current one? Yeah. No, no. I um. Let's go with the Russian flank. What's his name? Um. Gadziev. Yeah, Gadziev. Yeah. Gadziev. I I like. I don't actually know his name. Sorry. Uh, the the Uruguay six as well. Um. Is he the captain? Like it. As... I don't know. He's like a he's like a Heinrich Rousseau sort of type. He's little and but he gets over the ball. Yeah, let me see if I can find his name. Um, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, oh, anyway. he played today. So. Okay. Uh, so yeah, let, I'm I'm happy to go with Tagir Gadziev. Um, he's like a yeah, real workhorse. So quite a big fan of his. Um, then on the other flank, Jake Paledri. Talking of workhorses, geez, it doesn't come much bigger yep. than this guy. Like he, we spoke about during the in the the game in South Africa, he made the most carries and the most tackles out of both teams, which is mental. Yeah. Uh, number eight, the Bazooka Kazuki Himeno draft pick. Draft pick. Too late. Um, no, I got it. Go listen to the recording. Do, do no, I got it. Do you think they'll? Do you think they'll? Do you think they'll treat us and make him a lock again this year? I don't care. They could make him a I feel an outside like... back. I'd still pick him. I feel like a special <laughs> affinity to him because I had him last at the beginning of last year yeah, when he yeah, first yeah. came onto the scene. So yeah, but then I kind of had him <laughs> two more years ago. Because yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm the prophet. When I you know whenever I have a player, their career gets blessed forever. <laughs> His career has already been blessed, clearly. By um, Ben, yeah, I know. <laughs> okay, uh, scrum half Gareth Davis for for Wales. Um, yeah, look, his performance against Australia uh, alone, I think, was probably enough to put him in the running for here. Um, mind you, there have been some good scrum-off performances, uh, so he does have some competition, but I do think he's been the best of the, of the lot so far. He's been the pace setter. Um, then, number 10, I don't know, you, what do you guys think, Yutamura at 10? Mm. I feel like the big hit Pollard's been bad. Okay, Sexton hasn't been that good. Uh, Barrett's. Barrett, yeah, but Barrett hasn't actually played that much because I mean he was obviously playing fullback with Richie Moanga at ten, and yeah, Mo- yeah, okay, Moanga yeah, was yeah. good against us, but then didn't really play again that much. Do, do you know? Do you know? As actually, um, oh, fuck, I forget his name. The the Australian. Um, uh, Ilya Fana. Not Ilya Fana. Not Foley, the other one. Oh, fuck. Matt Tamur. Tamur. Yeah, Matt Tamur's been good. He's been okay. Do you know who hasn't been good? Sanchez before you got dropped. Yeah, jeez. Yeah. Shame. Well, maybe uh, 15 of, of, of disappointing yeah. people can come in at the end. I think we should we should do we should do we should do like a after the World Cup we should do like a rising and falling stock 15. Yeah. Yeah. 
because because um, the awesome uh, players who like Matera as well. Like I expected mm-hmm. him to rip shit up this World Cup. He's just a- sort actually, of yeah. As a fly off, um, Tommaso Allen was pretty good in the games which Italy won, but yeah. obviously <laughs> they lost to the SA in yeah. Zealand and he hardly featured. I mean, similarly, um, yeah. Ben Volavola for for Fiji, I thought he was quite good. When he was good, he was good. Um, yeah. Then we've got on the left wing, we've got Semi Radradra, probably the standout player of the tournament so far, to be honest. I think best individual performance yeah. in that last game, potentially. He's, he's the only player who's okay, got yeah. more than one MVP or Man of the Match award. He's, jeez, he's good, guys. He's he's world class. Like, he's genuinely world class. Um, inside center, Samu Karevi. Just doing Samu Karevi things. No surprises there. Then I'm trying to think how good he... Okay, sorry, carry on. Say what you think. Like... I'm just trying to think. I know Karevi had one really good game, but um, I don't. I also don't have anyone else to fit in his place. But D- I think D- that DDA he, he has been effective. Uh, DDA has been good. I think he's had a really good World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, okay, then yeah, outside outside center, we've got uh, Tim Lafayette from Japan. He's been playing a, a pivotal role in their success mm-hmm. so far. Right wing, Cheslin Colby. Um, Chesley yeah. Colby's been good. Chesley Colby's been great, guys. He's just yeah. We don't deserve him. We really don't deserve him. I'm and gonna then, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an early call that if South Africa make the final, he's gonna get Player of the Tournament. Yeah, that's probably a good shot. That, that is quite an early call. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not super early. It's, it's somewhat early. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it would have been earlier if I made it like June. But... <laughs> <laughs> when he wasn't even starting. They retreated a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Of when he was still in France. We cheated a bit of fullback because we put uh, Kotaro Matsushima, who hasn't played a single game at fullback. Um, but he's been really good. He's yeah. been so good. So shout out to Zimbabwe. I mean, if you have to choose between him and Colby, it's actually really close. I'd still take Colby. He, w- he was fantastic in the f- today's game and the first game. Matsushima but, was but electric. Think, think about this, Phil. Close your eyes and imagine Chesley Colby playing in the Japanese backline. Ooh. How, how good is that? How spicy is that? Okay, well, I need a new pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> right, so there you yeah. go. That's our potential pool stage system. Um, yeah. Make of it what you will. Yeah. And Hit us up if you don't like it. And also, yeah. like, we're not going to change it. So, but, yeah. you know, say your piece. You can shout You can join the queue of people that's sending me hate mail. Uh, oh, a, 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 a bit of a bit of a weird one. Yeah. Who would you say the best coach has been? Like in terms of their their sort of um, tactics and stuff. This, I, for I, me, it has to be Joseph. Jamie Joseph. Yeah, the way that Joseph. they, um, yeah, you know, especially against Ireland, I wasn't expecting that, but they played Ireland off the park and they just didn't let Ireland get the ball in the same way like Scotland in the first half today. Yeah. So they almost took Ireland's strength of their box kicks and their accurate kicking and just turned it against them and didn't let them get the ball back. This this is like what what Alex mentioned though that Japan have almost taken they've looked at teams like okay how do how are teams playing rugby yeah okay how can we fuck that up like that that's almost <laughs> that's like their that's their playing style like okay yeah. so everyone's doing this how do we play against that like yeah. it's and it's it- really it's it's like what they what they call it it's like disruptive technology <laughs> yeah I, and it makes me think that they were definitely holding back against South Africa in the warm up like mm. they probably have a way of disrupting South Africa's style which they didn't want to show just yet yeah 
So we'll see. No, but I think we can, we can definitely expect some surprises. Phil, um, Phil but... you're gonna you're gonna see you're gonna see really up up close and personal, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. Well, on we'll that note, um, I believe it's time for fill us in with Phil. So Phil, fill us in. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> uh, yeah, please interrupt at any time with any questions. But um, let me start. I've never been afraid time. to interrupt. Yeah. Also, <laughs> Done. I, I don't have to ask Ben. Um, What's next? So, yeah, on Wednesday, uh, my brother and I—that's Alex, as uh, Ben said—we're flying in from Cape Town uh, to Osaka, and we're making our way down from Osaka all the way to Beppu, which is a town just next to Oita, and Oita is where two of the quarterfinals are. So on Saturday, I'm getting to see England play Australia, and then Sunday, in the same stadium, Wales and France. So nice. in terms of the quarterfinals, it's um, not getting to see South Africa is a bit disappointing, but at the same time, I mean, it's still two pretty amazing quarterfinals. So that's um, really wh- awesome. Why, why didn't why didn't you choose to? Because obviously South Africa was never going to be involved in either of those. Why did you choose? Yeah. Exactly. So it's always going to be a winner of Pool C versus runner-up of Pool D and Was that versa. just the tickets you could get or whatever? Those, yeah, those were the tickets we could get. So the very first tickets I think we got were one of the quarterfinals, and then it didn't make sense to try and apply for one of the one quarterfinals in Yokohama because they're too far apart for consecutive days or just after each other. Yeah. So, so we're starting off... So Oita is on the island of Kyushu, which is a very southern island in Japan. So we're starting like right at the bottom, and then we have a week in between uh, the quarterfinals and the semifinals. So traveling from Oita up to Hiroshima, which, um, as probably everyone knows, that was the site of one of the atomic bombs in the World War Two. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be pretty cool to see with the Peace Memorial Parks and all sorts of other stuff over there. And then from Hiroshima going up through into Kyoto, which is like the sort of cultural capital of Japan and the oldest it used to be the capital it sort of got the most shrines and a lot of the really old architecture so Mm -hmm. that's pretty exciting and then from there through to Yokohama which is semi-final two the one we'll be watching so that will be the winner of South Africa and Japan against the winner of Wales and France so hoping that South Africa win that one and hoping that it will be South Africa against probably. France. I mean, I don't really know. Who do I want to you win? Gotta watch, well? You've got to watch Le Bleu. <laughs> it would yeah, be great. Yeah. It would be great to see France make a semi-final after all this shit. Like, no, no. <laughs> and it, it would also be great not having to be around Welsh people. That would also be. There would be a lot of Welsh people. You'd get, right. you'd get to see the human, the human neck in person. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that would be very, very exciting. What is, um, what's, but it's... Ben, what's what's Nick in French? <laughs> is not it a... not? Uh... Oh, I actually know this word. Joe, what's Nick in French? Is it not just chat? No, that's, that's a cat. <laughs> what's 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 Nick in I French? Know, it's just his name. <laughs> coup, coup. Nick is a coup. So we're just gonna call him Le Coup. He is Le Coup. <laughs> Le Coup. <laughs> Wait, is he? A, is it like C O U P? C O U. Explaining just, everything. It's just C O U. Le Coup. No. No, I'm not sure how you spell it. Uh. All right. <laughs> um, so that's the semi-final You know, weekend, you know how you get so a, like a, a coup d'etat? Yeah. Well, now we could talk oh. about the, the coup d'etat. <laughs> <laughs> this is going it is a far. bit of a coup d'etat, actually, what's going on. <laughs> uh, uh. Okay, sorry, sorry, Paul, as you were. 
<laughs> so, so the, yeah, that's the semi-final weekend. After, after that important interruption, <laughs> yeah. we return you to your your scheduled broadcast. Well, I will definitely tell you if I see uh, the neck in person. Please do. And, um, take it, take a I'll wide, try to get a photo. Take a wide uh, camera lens, just in case. Yeah, <laughs> just in case. Just take a proper photo. Yeah, you um, got You got to put your. You got to ask him to stand still because your your phone will have to be on uh, panora- uh, panoramic. Yeah, <laughs> stand still. Come to get the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's so that's the semi-final weekend. So the other semi-final is also in Yokohama, but on the day before, um, semi-final one. I think that will probably be New Zealand against England, which would be amazing to see. But so, oh, um, so are both correct. are both the semi-finals in Yokohama? Yeah. Is that not is that uh, do, do, do so? Yokohama is is the biggest stadium. That's where the final is. That's where today's game was, and. Um, Jeez, and so, yeah, so, so they, Yokohama's they, getting the last three games all in a row. Uh, no, bronze final is just before oh, right. the okay. last game, okay. which uh, I incidentally am also going to. But oh, um, okay. there, there's a week in between the semifinals and the bronze final and the final. So in that week, we are heading up to Hokkaido, which is the island, the northernmost island, and. Uh, specifically Sapporo, which is the biggest city on that island. Okay. So that's pretty exciting, taking a Shinsaken, which is the bullet train. It sort of goes underwater and then up onto the top island. Um, and it's a, it's a bit colder up there, and they're very famous for some of the beer that they make. So that's pretty exciting. That sounds awesome. Um, and, then hitting, and then heading back down um, to Tokyo for the last bit of the holiday, really. Um, so we'll be staying directly in the middle of Tokyo for a few nights. I think it's four nights. And the so the third, fourth, the bronze final is in the Tokyo Stadium. And I'm hoping that I will see France against New Zealand in the third, fourth playoff because yes. uh, I want to see well, I want obviously you, South Africa to win and I want nice. England to win. Uh, in case uh, listeners don't know, I'm half English too, so I support both England and South Africa. Aren't you half Malaysia? Yeah, you, you're not. You're not yes. any. You're not any part South African, are you? Yes, but I still like to see South Africa <laughs> succeed. What can I say? That's fine. <laughs> so how, how how Malaysia's chances? Are however, they fuck yeah. all your if, fuck if, all chances. If Malaysia were at the World Cup, I would be backing them to beat South Africa. Just so you know. <laughs> and you would be disappointed. Um, well, that, that, that's um, fucking stupid because Malaysia are shit, Phil. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Ben, if there's one thing you should know about me, it's that I'm not a glory supporter in all my sporting. <laughs> oh, no. It's, it's, um, just like, it's like me. I'm considering stopping supporting the Lions because they're doing quite well. But now, yeah. they're, they're, with the, with the like leaving that. of Swayze, they, they're reverting to type. So I, I feel comforted as a supporter. <laughs> okay. so you're just like, oh, these guys weren't here when we were on the bottom of the league. <laughs> Oh fuck! I'm I'm tired of these oaks. Like you're yeah. just creeping around, like you idiots. Um, so for the final, I will be in Tokyo, but uh, not attending the final. But I'm hoping to find somewhere pretty amazing to watch. Yeah, there's. Yeah, I'm sure they have like a, they have like a fan park or whatever. Which will yeah, be awesome. there's a few fan parks all around. So I saw the one, for example, the one in Osaka today. Apparently, was closed four hours before kickoff because it was full already. Oh, wow. So might have yes. to get there early, but that's okay. Um, you know, yeah, but I'm sure they have beer there, so you'll be all right. <laughs> exactly. And then um, the last, the final bit of the holiday is then heading back to Osaka. Our flight leaves from Osaka, and we're there for one night. And uh, Matt would be 
excited to hear that we are heading to an NJPW show, which is uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling, <laughs> and it's one of the, the big pay-per-views, so it's going to be very exciting. Amazing. Uh, won't you, won't you, ask, you ask Matt to join you for that? Like, he's relatively close. Obviously, Asia, Asian <laughs> countries are separate. But, yeah. um, I wanted know. to say that Ben's doing that thing, but South Korea <laughs> is obviously right next to Japan. I mean, yeah, it would be awesome if, uh, you know, Matt could uh, jump out. But I don't think it's as easy as that, unfortunately, just to be able to out and make your way across. So in total, including the traveling, it's 21 days, I think 19 days in Japan, but Amazing. it's all very exciting. Any very questions? Cool. Very, very jealous. <laughs> I have some questions. Um, are you going to go see any sumo wrestling while you're there? Or just pro wrestling? Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, there are no sumo events okay. which coincide with uh, while we're there or where we're at. Okay. But a, a, there may be a chance to see them training in the morning. That's cool. Um, so, if possible, might try and wake up early and go yeah. to this. They call it their stables, which yes, is a bit yeah. weird, but can they you, stay in stables. Can you and... not go to a stable <laughs> and, and sort of test yourself against them, Phil? Um... I don't want to embarrass them, you know. So. Yeah, that's true. Honor is <laughs> um, a big deal to, to, to sumos. So if you, yeah. if you humiliate them in their own stable, they'd probably have to sort of hurry Kiri or something. Um, yeah, I saw the Irish team in, uh, funnily enough, they went and trained with some of the sumo wrestlers in one of their days off. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are there any foods that you're specifically looking forward to eating? Uh, there are. There's a whole lot. Um, I mean, just pretty much all of the different food is super exciting. Obviously, a lot of ramen, a lot of um, a lot of the udon noodles too. So all of the noodles, I think, is my number one. Some nice. some of the sushi is gonna be pretty amazing. And then um, I think the beer. I'm very excited for the beer. I'm not so big on whiskey, so my brother's a lot keener on trying some of the whiskey. Yeah. Um, okay. And I'm just I'm just keen to try a bit of everything here. Yeah. Like uh, without knowing too much about it beforehand, mm. I'm definitely uh, more than willing to at least try all the new things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good it's a good travel attitude. I feel you can know too much going into a place. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like and then you sort of like oh oh actually you know and then you kind of get angry if you know something's cancelled or yeah, you know it's yeah. not the season and you're like oh no we can't eat this octopus what's the point we came here just to eat that blah 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 so it's yeah. good to it's, yeah. it's good to kind of be surprised but I think like that's I, how you discover I agree yeah. it's a good travelling addict um, yeah have you picked up any Japanese yet? Uh, no so I have a few sayings which I have written down so I haven't even learned them but uh, I still have a couple of days and a flight it's okay. all the most important things I know what beer beer is just I think it's beer <laughs> that's important that is so <laughs> such right. a, that's such so a, racist such a, I can't believe you just said such that a, <laughs> such a such a beautiful language I can't believe you just said that <laughs> right. it's so rude do you, do you know how I to mean, say if it, um, hello in, if, in if it was if it was wrong it would be um, you know racist but it's not wrong so I will be saying a lot of konnichiwa which is konnichiwa. hello yes, well then. and I will be saying a lot of arigato which is thank you okay um, so those that's about the extent of my do you know how to say goodbye do you know how to say goodbye what's your what's your can you say goodbye for Ben 
Uh, goodbye is just Sayonara. That one is also I knew that yes, before. Well <laughs> uh, but yeah. Um, so. Is it? Do you, do you have a do you have a go-to souvenir? Something you're looking at acquiring? Not at the moment. Um, I'm, it's something I probably need to think about, or hopefully I'll get inspiration while I'm there. Um, no, because those, those little those little kimono rugby team things look awesome. Oh yes, I mean <laughs> yeah, that would be great for myself and anyone else who might want one. And I'm also trying to think about what to get other people. But hopefully I'll be able to see some stuff over okay. there. Um, so my, my wife just heard the word kimono. So she mm-hmm. says, if you know you, you see a kimono, could you buy her one? <laughs> like anyone. Oh, oh, no, no, no. The she, first, she, the she first kimono spring, you see. No, no, no. She, she wants a springbok kimono, apparently. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm hoping, because I think Alex was saying to me, and or we are saying on the group, that a lot of the rugby merchandise has been sold out, or there's very little left. So I'm hoping like that they just restock in time. For yeah, the I, I, I heard I heard a thing that yeah. everything had been sold out apart from the English stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's bizarre. Overstock, or did they just not? Yeah, sell? no, I, I would I would guess because because the British of the the English specifically, they are really good traveling fans. Do you know, maybe maybe Brexit's hitting harder than we think. Yeah, yeah. the pound doesn't go as far as it used to. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, um, uh, speaking speaking of that, Phil, um, are you? I've heard Japan is very expensive. Mm-hmm. Your sort of pre-booking stuff. Are you? You find you stretched a bit, or are you just a straight-up baller? Uh, not a straight-up baller. I wish I was. So very much a budget trip. I think uh, we planned this very well. So. Staying in hostels and backpackers and that sort of thing to save money. Um, we have the the J- Japan Rail Pass is pretty awesome, so it is quite expensive, but it means that you can pretty much travel on all the trains as much as you like while you're there. So m- making use of that a lot. And while I do want to try a lot of the food, a lot of the high-end stuff will probably at, uh, keep to a minimum and just keep with the more budget-friendly food options. So. Yeah, I find I find that's bad because that's more probably what actually the the local people eat. Yeah, I think you know, I um, think it's I think it's almost more authentic if you sort of on the streets, you know, going to not the touristy restaurants and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. I'm. I mean, there are some things maybe it would be like nice to try once, you know, like some of the really good Kobe beef or something. Or, mm. but um, but Co- Co- yeah. Co- what about some Kobe lobster maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, we'll have to see. But um, but yeah. Otherwise, very much just trying to keep it. I think like at my age, this is one of the last chances where it feels probably feels okay to stay in like hostels and backpackers yeah. and things before you sort of get too old. So yeah. so I'm more than yeah, happy. Yeah, to yeah, that yeah, yeah, you you sort of a few years off being that creepy guy. But <laughs> yeah. I, would, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I would say, especially now in Japan with the World Cup. I think the sort of the the clientele in hostels will be a bit a bit older. You know, it won't all be kind of like university age people. Or like yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm sure you'll probably bump into like Rich Freeman or something. <laughs> Staying at a hostel. Yeah. Uh, no, anyway. but yeah, obviously keep. I'll keep my eyes out for uh, the neck, and I'll keep my eyes out for Squidge and anyone else who yeah. would be a good to get a photo with from Amazing. the rugby yeah. side of things. Super, super jealous. Um, yeah. You're going to have a great time. We're going to figure out a way to sure. correspond with you while you're there. 
Uh, it might. Well, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure that I'm sure their Wi-Fi is top-notch. Like I'm on my phone now. Yeah, just, but I mean, you, just <laughs> phone uh, Phil's got better things to do than sit on it, sit for two hours and talk shit with us. Though, when he's yeah. Talking. So what? Yeah. Can, we'll, we'll probably do like. Oh, a, no, no, you can just. We'll do a voice send us voice notes. Yeah, we'll do, yeah we'll at the minimum, I'll send voice notes, and you can um, Adam can incorporate them and make oh, them sound like they're just a part of the conversation. Adam, Adam <laughs> can do that. Adam can do that in his sleep. Trust me, he's he's amazing with that. Exactly. Um... <laughs> part one. So you're only allowed to say good things about Adam while he's not here, and you know he's not going to listen, right? You're about to hear Hello. a voice note from Phil. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like an awkward like five second pause when he like pushes a button yeah, or something and then it starts like halfway through and then pulls like a button and then the most exciting thing thank you for the voice note from Phil <laughs> anyway um, great Phil very jealous I think you're going to have a great time um, and I hope you get to see the games play out the way you want them to uh, I hope it does end up being a South Africa England final that would be amazing um that would also give us the best chance, I think, as South Africa of winning. Um, so very, very cool. Great. Um, guys, is there anything else, or should we just wrap this thing up? Because I know... I'm... No, yeah, so we're going to do we're gonna do our Super Brew on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah, so join us middle, and, and middle of the week for the next episode. We'll be discussing the four playoff games and how we think they're going to pan out. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be a short episode, I think, because there won't be too much to discuss, but it's going to be pretty in-depth. Um, hopefully, uh, by our standards, which well, means we as, as in the depth as, as 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 we get. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, in other words, I think that is it for us uh, for now. Uh, safe travels to Phil. Thank you very much for coming on the episode. Uh, one last thank time you guys for having you, me. Before you, and I appreciate the Patreon account for allowing me to go. Yeah, shout out to shout out to Patreon for be able to pay for Phil's trip. No, it's just not like it's not like Patreon. It's like you don't thank like Mastercard <laughs> every time you go shopping. Alex thank thank you for our thank our, our Patreon users. Donors? What do we call them? Don't, donors? They, don't, don't you call Patrons. them the Patreons? Like thank you to my Patreons. No, no, Am I right? <laughs> my Patreon I don't know. I don't know. Um, but don't donors I, make it seem like donut make it Donors make it seem like we do nothing. Like, we do a podcast. So, like, we do put in some... There's some work. Do we? Do we put in work? Like... Adam puts in work. Part (laughs) two. (laughs) Adam puts in one shot of vodka and then doesn't come to do the podcast. So, Adam's got no leg to stand on here. Um, Well, yeah, he he does it. Literally, he's just fumbling around his house, still hammer drunk, throwing up, like... 36 hours after the event. <laughs> yeah. the, the, purge, <laughs> the purge continues. Uh, ben, thank uh, you as well very much for the for the support. Um, it was fun. I hope you enjoyed it too. Yeah. Um, oh, I, I did. Thank you, Alex. I hope you, I hope you... How was your bra? I didn't even ask. Uh, the bra was yeah. good. It was a bit early for my liking, but uh, it, we had to kind of fit it in around the rugby and the podcast and everything anyway, so it was good. And we have a lot of leftover meat, which is amazing. Were oh, there other people there who were also keen on the rugby? No. I ended up <laughs> I ended up sitting by myself in the lounge watching the rugby while everyone was outside. I'm um, sorry, I could never join you. No, that that is my preferred <laughs> my preferred way of watching rugby. Who are the? Yeah, I, I I'm bad. I can't watch rugby with people. Eh? So I, I've been invited to a, a party or like a drinks thing next weekend, and it was supposed to start at the same time as one of the quarterfinals. So luckily we we put them right and we're like you know that the rugby's on at that time. They were like, oh shit. You know, thanks for letting me know. I'll, I'll postpone the party so I, after the rugby, which is fantastic. 
But then they got they got back in the they got back to me and they were like, oh, the the place says that they'll have the rugby on, so we can actually just watch it at the place. And I was like, uh, look, it's up to you, but I'm I'm watching at home, and then I'll come join you. Like I'm I'm not watching the rugby a quarter final of the rugby world cup in a room of people who wanted to make small talk and chat and ask me how South Africa's doing when they're not even playing and that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, can, can I, can I just uh, disclose something to the pod when I wouldn't even count it as meeting, but uh, mine and Alex's first times together, mm-hmm. we're watching rugby in my, in my residence. And we probably watched about 10 games together before we had said 10 words to each other. Yeah. And that's how rugby should be in silence. Yeah, right. yeah, that, that, right. that was the foundation of our friendship was watching rugby in complete silence. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's, who's this guy? I don't know. Yeah. Best friend. Like, yeah, what, watch rugby. Rugby friend. <laughs> rugby friend. No, no, but, but it was. It's like, it's like at the hairdresser. How do you yeah. want your haircut? In silence. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah. Anyway. Alright, um... Best of luck with that. Th- yeah, best of luck to you. Um, I hope you don't get lost. Actually, I do hope you get lost, because I said in my... At least pre- once. ...in my pre-Rugby World Cup predictions that you would get lost. So, oh, thanks. Uh, my, 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 rugby, my pre-Rugby World Cup prediction is that Phil just slams his head on a door. Like a door frame, which is like, <laughs> yeah, which is like, five, which is like five foot six, and he just whacks his yeah. head, like, basic concuss. Yeah, like H.I.A. And then... Yeah, you have to go through HIA <laughs> protocols. <laughs> you can't, nice. you can't well, walk through, you can't walk the through doors. doors for the next two weeks. <laughs> yeah. You have to take all your... Alex has to go into all the restaurants and get your food and bring them, bring it out. <laughs> okay, guys, on that note, um, thank you very much for coming again. Thank you to everyone who's been listening. I hope you enjoyed it. And all the best going ahead into the Rugby World Cup playoffs. Join us midweek for predictions on how those games will go. And otherwise, stay safe.